0: Welcome to the Veil Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and I'm also a writer for, I almost forgot. (laughs) I also write for Your Entertainment Corner, and with me today is my co-host.
1: Mark Salcido, managing editor and writer at (laughs) ScreenGeek.com.
0: He's also part cow. That's why he goes, hmm. Mark. Yeah.
1: Mark Salcedo.
0: <laughs> but, you know. Oh, yeah, we got that? patches here,
1: too. Patches and pocket, as usual.
0: <laughs> pocket, you want to sound off? <laughs> all right. Um, but, you know what they say about, you know, God and all his creations? What are they say? You know, since you're also part cow. Okay. Some people will call you an abomination, <laughs> you know, because you're like. Human cow. Okay. But, like, I would say I do want your money because God wants your money.
1: You're right. You're right. I should give God my money.
0: <laughs> um And with that, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Real Appeal 2Es and Real. And you could email us at TheRealAppeal at gmail.com. And if you could review us on iTunes. Then we will get noticed.
1: Notice, notice, notice. Yeah,
0: not notices. I don't want to notice.
1: <laughs> you don't want those notifications just popping up on your phone. No,
0: never. This week we are doing our usual news. Uh, our recent review is Fast and Furious Nine. Our variety time: Berserk Tribute Review Part Five.
1: Part you know. Five. We're coming up to getting close to the end of it.
0: Yep. Um, and our geriatric cinematic of Repo Man, 1984. There was an actual, I think there was like a more recent one that came out in 2010.
1: Yeah, there is another Repo Man, um, with Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. I don't know if it's Repo Man or Repo Men, but. Mm, yeah, so that, it's
0: probably that.
1: not
2: the same.
1: no, no.
0: <laughs> no, that's a way
1: different movie. I mean. The title says it, but like, it's still a different movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Mark, what's our topic?
1: Uh, the topic for this week is what the fuck is going on, which
0: we may never know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, like the Tootsie Roll Pop commercial with the owl and stuff. Oh
0: uh, yeah.
1: You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, because sometimes they don't know.
0: <laughs> no, okay. I've seen that commercial <laughs> uh, a lot.
1: The world may never know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mark, what's going on in the news?
1: Uh, So, yeah, so what happened uh, last Thursday, actually, um, Conan O'Brien had uh, his late night show had finally come to an end. Um, Conan O'Brien was on NBC for a number of years and, you know, he was on like the late, late show. And then he took over the Tonight Show when Jay Leno left and then was unfairly booted off for jay leno again and then found a home on tbs Mm -hmm.
2: um
1: so Conan o'brien who had the longest tenure as a late night uh host officially ended his show on tbs uh just this past thursday on the 24th um it was his his whole career is like 28 years crazy crazy career um so during his final monologue o'brien admitted that it was like very hard for him to grasp like this is the end of a show and i'm sure um i don't know if i don't know if I don't know if TBS is the one who ended it or he's the one who ended it. But, mm-hmm. like, if he wanted to, he could have found another home somewhere else. My understanding is that he sees uh, late-night talk shows as, like, a dying kind of, like, thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's, like, there's, what, Fallon. There's Seth Meyers. There's uh, Stephen Colbert and then Jimmy Kimmel. hmm And who does, uh, who does after Fallon? Oh, no, um. What's that dude's name? Cor- that, that British guy nobody likes. James-, James Corden? Yeah, James Corden. So, like, there's that, but, like, those ratings are, like, always like.
0: They fluctuate. They
1: fluctuate a lot. Um, so, Conan had said, uh, It's hard to believe. It's hard to say it's our final show on TBS. Uh, he told us in front of an audience uh, at the Largo out in Los Angeles. He added um, that he's done about 4,000 hours of television. Um, Every night, I always said, Tonight, we have a really great show, and I have to tell you. Uh, I was often lying. But tonight we have a really great show. And if we don't, we are. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I'll be gone.
0: I'll be long gone.
1: I'll be long gone. <laughs> um, I did watch uh, some, some. Like, because I don't have cable television. So I'm watching just like a lot of clips from like YouTube and stuff like that. And I know which is like I'm the problem because <laughs> the ratings, you know, TV's don't read the ratings of YouTube and shit. Mm. Um, but during his final week, he had Seth Rogen. Uh, which Seth Rogen likes it's you guys had to see this video. It's really funny, how Conan Conan O'Brien was like, "I have all this spare time. What do I do?" You know, he's asking Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's like, "Hands him a joint. Like here. Like this is what you can do now." <laughs> and he actually like, just smokes a joint on uh, on stage. Um, he had Bill Hader on, and Bill H- during his interview, Paul Rudd had like got on stage and shit like that, and he. He had to do it. He did the long-running gag of showing Mac and Me on Conan O'Brien. He's done this every single time that he's been on Conan O'Brien. I don't know if he's done it on other shows, but this is like a long-standing joke. Mm-hmm. I showed Kelsey this, and Kelsey was just like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Black came on. Uh, Will Ferrell uh, you know, helped Conan kind of do his final show uh, via Zoom because he was uh, shooting a movie out in New York. Um Jack Black, he did, like, this... They were, were going to do this skit where by the end of the skit, uh, Jack Black was going... It was, like, this big... I think it's supposed to be, like, a musical number or an action piece or something like that about, like, Conan's, like, final show. And at the end of the show, Jack Black was supposed to get injured, like, as a gag. But he really got injured. Oh, shit. Like, he, like, busted up his ankle or some shit like that. Uh. So, like, they couldn't do it. He, like, walked in with a cane and, like uh, like, a boot or whatever. But he, like... Black like, like saying to conan it was like this really like epic like tenacious d level like type singing and shit like that um and that was like you know conan at the end of the show he pretty much gave props to like his writing staff producers uh his wife all the people that like helped push him to like like lauren michaels is the one who uh when david letterman left they were trying to find, like, a new host. And Laura Monkills was like, well, what about this Conan O'Brien kid? Because Conan O'Brien used to write for The Simpsons and SNL. Mm-hmm. And at the time, people didn't know who the fuck he was. He was like, who's this? Mm-hmm. You know? um, but obviously, there was something because he's been doing Late Night for, like, 20 years. I, I'm i a huge Conan fan. Like, when uh, Jay Leno left The Tonight Show.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you were happy about it, for one.
1: <laughs> yeah. The way, the way how things are, it's kind of weird. Like, the way how, I don't know if it's like, I, I think it's like a matter of like principle, but whenever a late night host, uh, like who owns like the, oh, sorry, who's on the Tonight Show or like the late show, like CBS or M- NBC, right? Mm-hmm. When they're going to retire, the next in line is the person who has the show after them. So like, let's say like Steven, Stephen Colbert does uh, um, Late Night or whatever, whatever the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Um, so if he left, Seth Meyers would automatically get that chair. Oh, and unless okay. he goes like, no, I don't want it. So when Jay Leno left, Conan O'Brien automatically got that chair. Mm. Okay. So when he got that chair, Jay Leno didn't want to leave. <laughs> but like NBC kind of like pushed him out because they were like, they were, they were like, dude, you're like you're old. Like things are changing, humor's changing, and everything like that.
3: Yeah.
2: So
1: they pushed him out, but they gave Jay Leno another tonight show at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, people didn't weren't watching it. They just stopped they and that's how Conan's ratings dropped drastically and like whenever it was a new host you have to give them time you have to get these people like time to like get used to this host like to
0: like warm up too right
1: yeah yeah because like some people like they don't stay up to like 1230 to watch stuff they stay up up to a certain point then they go to bed Um, they didn't give Conan time to like get those ratings back up so they so NBC convinced Jay Leno to come back Mm -hmm. this is one of the reasons why I hate Jay Leno they asked Jay Leno to come back, and Jay Leno said yes. And they kicked Conan out. And guess what? Ratings didn't change at all. They
0: mm-hmm. were still
1: shit. <laughs> so... Then he
0: w- left shortly after again, right?
1: Yeah, he left. And when he left, um, at the time, uh, Jimmy Fallon had taken Conan's spot.
0: Oh. So when
1: Jay left, Jimmy Fallon was off for the job. Now, I'm partially not a J- uh, Jimmy Fallon fan. One, because I don't think it's funny. And two... He could have been, no. That, that's that is Conan's seat. He deserves that seat. But no, he took it. So now Jimmy Fallon does the Tonight Show, and Conan was like, "Fuck this, we we'll go to L.A. Then." Yeah. Um, but he's not. Uh, Conan's gonna be fine, you know. Um, so Conan Conan O'Brien is gonna be work, still working with TBS with his special Conan Without Borders. Um, he talked about this on the show. He said he's, he says that's like the best time I've ever had in my life. Um. Conan O'Brien still does a podcast which is called uh, it's called O'Brien oh it's called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend he, he gets tons of famous people like on that podcast yeah um, and he's having a weekly variety show coming out
2: well that's a cat litter oh box. that's the cat litter oh, you can turn it off I'm like what the hell is that
1: noise <laughs> um so yeah, Conan O'Brien he has like a show coming out as a variety show coming out for HBO Max, like a weekly show. Mm-hmm. So he's so he's gonna be fine. But it's kind of sad because I've been watching Conan O'Brien since like the
0: '90s. I almost kind of thought that he was gonna take a little break to mm-hmm. be more politi- political because I know he was in the news mm-hmm. a while back when um, Trump took office because mm-hmm. he was like showing up for different things.
1: Who, Conan O'Brien?
0: I think he was the one.
1: Mm I. Do you think like at like like political rallies and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, like either rallies Mm -hmm. or like. Oh, uh, he would have. I think not. Maybe even Senate hearings. Something.
1: No, I, I don't think so. I he he does have his political jokes, but he's not like he's not like as political as say like a Stephen Colbert or like Seth Meyers. Mm. Yeah.
0: I really, I could have swore he was. It probably was.
1: I mean, you know, I don't know every. I don't watch everything of Conan, so it probably was him.
0: Yeah. So then you're not a true fan.
1: Look, I am. Shut up. <laughs> All right, what else we got?
0: Quentin Tarantino had considered remaking Reservoir Dogs for his final movie. Mhm. That's his own movie and he wanted to redo it. <laughs> yeah. Like has that ever been done?
1: A director remade his own movie? Yeah. Yeah, remember we did uh Superman 2, The Donner Cut?
0: That wasn't that person remaking their own movie. Oh, you
1: mean like redoing it?
0: Yeah, like oh, it was popular, and then they do it like twenty years later again. Um, like re like what's doing his a whole name?
1: Movie. The dude who did Funny Games. Funny Games was like this Danish film, and there was an Americanized version of it, and he directed that version as well. Really? So I guess that might count. That's like off the top of my head. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a director that's like re oh I, I know <laughs> Zach Snyder. <laughs>
0: no that doesn't count
2: no it does not
0: <laughs> fuck that guy almost murdered you right now
2: <laughs> um
0: so anyways mm. uh while he while quentin tarantino was on real time with bill maher mar, Ma- bill mar mar mm-hmm. that guy um <laughs> you know i could meet all these people now know who the fuck they are don't worry that
1: guy's an asshole
0: i think that's what i got off of him
1: oh yeah he's a huge asshole like yeah. He's an asshole.
0: Um, so T- when Tarantino was on his show, he explained um, that his reasons for quitting at the height of his career um, and for considering a Reservoir Dogs reboot, um, his reasons, he said that that's kind of a capture in time in a moment. No, a, that's kind of a capture time in a moment kind of thing, he said. Um, Of remaking his first film. Which blew audiences away. Of course everyone knows how successful it was. Mm. Um, But just as quickly. He mused about the remake that he shot down. Um, I won't do it internet. But I considered it.
1: I have my issues with Tarantino. Like I. Used to be a. Die hard Tarantino fan. Until I started seeing like the cracks. Within his films. And. I mean, no. I'm sure if I go on, I'm sure if I go on Twitter right now and just say like "fuck Tarantino," oh, I would just be brought
2: I would just you going rah, rah,
1: rah, like foaming at the mouth <laughs> kind of shit. And I think did, I felt like we, oh, we did didn't we review Once Upon a Time in yeah, Hollywood? we did. And I'm not the only one. A lot like people, people, some people did like it, but a lot of people were just like, "What is this? Why am I watching this?" You know, because yeah. there was like, "What was any of this?" You know?
3: Yeah.
1: Um. So my thing with like, I mean, that's cool and all that he like thought about remaking it. But I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get really annoyed of what he's saying. Because he keeps talking about like my final film, my final film, my final film, right? He keeps talking about my 10th film is going to be the end. I'm going to stop you filmmaking. You know it's
0: not going to be, right? Hmm. He's going to do it. He's going to be Undertaker or Brett Favre or like these people who say they're going to retire and then fucking Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like that.
1: Okay, I don't think I okay, so I don't think that's true. I think what cuz what I was getting at was he's going to say like this is my final film and people are going to think it's like it's going to be his ultimate masterpiece, the the Tarantino of all Tarantino films, you know, might drop and I bet you it's going to come out and people are going to be like that's it. That's how you end your career with that movie cuz he's building up all all this fucking hype. And whenever you build hype for something, it can never compare to like your imagination Mm -hmm. you know like uh clear example is like uh the game Mm half-life there's supposed to be there's half-life there's half-life 2 and half-life 2 part 1 part 1 and part 2 people have been waiting for half-life part 3 to come out for like almost 20 years now it's never going to come out and valve valve the company would know never to release because it's never going to amount the same as what people imagine Mm -hmm. and that's this that's what's starting to bother me by tarantino that's what really started to bother me like, I can go back and watch some of his films and still appreciate them, But, like, now you're just starting to annoy the shit. on my. Like, like, either do it or shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. um, Sorry, that's like
0: my small Tarantino rant. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Mm. If he doesn't come back to film and that and that's going to be his final film. And, yeah, probably people are going to be disappointed. Mm. I'm just saying, like, you've been such a big filmmaker. Mm. It's like doing fucking meth for like 20 years and then <laughs> one day saying "Nah, i'm done yeah
1: that's true that's true he he takes his time when he comes out with films i think he has a film come maybe like every maybe four years or something like that
0: maybe he'll just be producer
1: oh i don't doubt that i heard i did read that he's uh that he's like exploring other options like just act just actually today um came out the novelization form of once upon a time in hollywood Hmm. um I had also read that he's going to be like, he's actually thinking about doing a play. Um, and just trying that. So maybe he's got
0: like a lot of passion projects that aren't necessarily film related. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still creating stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm curious. I'm actually curious about getting that book Mm -hmm. that once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, I've only saw like one negative review and the person just said like, Oh, he just turned, he just turned the script into the book. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes a little bit deeper and stuff like that. Um, which kind of goes into, like, what had came out uh, of a, novel, uh, a novelization of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Uh, you want to take that?
0: Yeah, he's actually written two chapters of that already. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it was released back in how long ago? I don't even know.
1: Uh, in, oh,
0: 92. Yeah. That was released back in 92. Um, mm. And it would take... Um, take the viewer deeper into his vision of 1969 la which is like fucking once upon a time in hollywood (laughs) um oh no no, this that that is the same one actually oh yeah okay sorry i got it confused because it was started off with bars of war dogs and it's talking about once upon a time yeah um so okay This isn't so the title says about reservoir dogs, Mm. but the body all talks about Once Upon a Time. Um, anyways. Um, Tarantino did the big picture podcast that he's um that he's always really loved paperback movie novelizations. Um that used to occupy like the spinner racks. I love those things. Mm. I actually saw a shelf that looked like one recently. I'm like, oh that'd be so badass to have one of those. (laughs) Um So he said, I thought to myself, well, shit, I ought to do one of these for one of my movies. So my first thought was Reservoir Dogs because there's a mystery slash crime section in the bookstore. I mean, it's right there. And I even wrote like two chapters of a Reservoir Dogs novelization. But then I thought, wait a minute, what the fuck am I doing? The last movie I did was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have tons of material that never saw the light of day. Material that I never even typed up because it's not going to be in the movie. It was just edification for me and people seem to like it so it just seemed like this could do really well. Okay. So he's not doing Reservoir Dogs because I guess he's opted to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like this I wouldn't I wouldn't actually my if he actually did do that like a anavisation of Reservoir Dogs um I I constantly revisit that movie because there's still so much mystery behind it mm-hmm. behind like Mr. White, Mr. Pink if he survived or not, um the relationship with Joe, uh, uh, what was a uh, Mr. Yellow, and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, and, like, well, we got, we got into Mr. Orange's lifestyle. Um, but that I wouldn't mind seeing. Like, if, if the novelization goes deeper into Reservoir Dogs, I would totally, like, be down to check that out.
0: I would, too. I'm just sad that they're, he's doing, like, I know you're curious, but I'm totally not fucking curious at all about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a book. <laughs> Even if there's more material, uh-huh. I don't need more material like Mm. i feel like it's just gonna be more of the same shit
1: well here's the funny thing here's the funny thing i I, that i'm not seeing much of okay so when it came to like reviews i just saw like a number score okay um a couple of like reviews from amazon but it was like five reviews no it was i think it was like maybe like 10 reviews and like eight of them were like, "Oh, it's a great movie, blah 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 blah. Oh, it's a great book, all this kind of stuff, right?" Mm-hmm. And there's many websites covering the novelization of the book, right? But none of them are saying this is a great book, you should buy this. They're all talking about, "Oh, did Cliff Booth kill his wife, yes or no, we found out." And like that's <laughs> it. And that's the thing I'm just like, "You're okay. Like
0: you probably tell just, me just if gonna read that somewhere."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and that's the thing like I, I read it and I was just like, oh, okay, all right. And so, like, my interest in reading is just kind of like slowly just like dwindling away. Like, all right, well, I mean, the story wasn't really that interesting to begin
0: with. Exactly. Um, like, no one's telling you anything that's going to make you, that makes you like have to read it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, because anything that I had to read about it, I already read about it through like slash film or variety or whoever revealed you know how cliff booth's uh wife died and like his back like they even went into detail in his background i was like oh, i definitely don't care now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, yeah
0: i'm like i haven't even seen reservoir dogs yet
1: i haven't showed you that one i know i, I have shown you uh pulp fiction
0: yeah and i liked that but mm. i'm saying reservoir dogs is one of those movies that every time it comes up mm. i get a little kind of like excited just hearing the name because everyone says how good it is and mm-hmm. i know you haven't shown it to me yet and i know it's gonna be good mm-hmm. so it's like that anticipation is still there yeah. even though it's been a couple years since you've brought it up
1: yeah yeah the i first know first
0: time um like well, well, that's why i'm like i totally read the fucking book
1: yeah like i know you've didn't you tell me you saw inglorious bastards i feel like you've watched that one that's the one with the nazis
0: Mhm. Yeah, I think I, I think I did
1: Okay, so yeah, you seen like at and people and I and I showed you Paul Fiction because like that's the one that he's mainly known for, and I was like, well, let me just show her this one to like have her get a deal, have her get a feel of like what Tarantino is, because Reservoir Dogs, it, to me, t- I to me Reservoir Dogs is like his best work. I like it, even though it's his first film, but I like I think it's a, the reason why I enjoy it so much is because it's so raw. It's like you can see like okay, this dude is gonna go places. This this dude is gonna. Sh- change shit up on Hollywood I'm you saw so
0: yeah you saw his raw potential in that film,
1: yeah yeah and I, and then Paul fiction was like, okay, he better like refine it he has more of a quality to it and he's tr- doing something different and then from then on, I was just like, all right now he's biting this movie now he's biting this movie I've seen this movie he's biting this movie that movie looks pretty, but why do I fuck this, this is my that's my comment on hateful eight like that movie looks pretty mm-hmm. that's 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 my only review it looks pretty,
0: so he's you know like uh m night Shyamalan, in a way
1: no because i can
0: No, no 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 in a way where you're just like oh he has so much potential but he fucked up that movie oh my gosh Like he has so much potential but like what the fuck is he doing with this movie
1: yeah i know jesus that movie old
0: but it's funny because he has a movie coming out too and we saw the trailer remember we saw the trailer and you're like oh i want to i want to see it like i want to want to see it mm-hmm but I'm scared it's going to suck like all his other
1: ones. God, his (laughs) movies are like... His movie Split is good, but that third one in the Unbreakable trilogy, I can't remember what the third one's called now. Glass. Glass. Oh, I have not watched it. I refuse to watch it because I've read reviews going, he fucked up the whole trilogy with that one movie. And I'm like...
0: "Mm." I wonder if there's... I wonder if directors ever respond to that. Like, I wonder if he responded to that.
1: Oh, like to that particular like uh, like reviewer or something, or like he did. Like that
0: idea that he blew it up.
1: I would imagine. I. They there like,
0: are some directors who hear that kind of review, yeah. and then they're like, oh, shit, I did fuck it up. And they'll actually say it like, yeah, that's a regret of mine.
1: Shyamalan's kind of not like that. Like, he, his head got big with Sixth Sense. Mm. Um, and then he was just like this golden boy. Like, he couldn't do, he could do no wrong. You know, he did Unbreakable. Could do no wrong. And then he started, then he did Signs, and people were like, wait, what? And then, like, <laughs> it started going, down. because he, because when, I think when he started in Hollywood, he was maybe in his early 20s. So, already that ego was like huge. Yeah. And you can tell he was one of those writers, directors who would, and people weren't like, hey, you should probably not not do that because it's going to be bad. You know, that's because that's how Hollywood is. If there's a talent, you have people have a hard time saying no to a particular person because they think they're going to offend them or maybe they don't see the vision or some shit like that. And of course, they're like, sometimes they get shot they shoot themselves or in the they're floor.
0: like no let me befriend him and then he'll carry me with him <laughs> yeah that's, yeah exactly that's exactly the reason yep that's, that's all like trump you know yeah exactly
1: exactly <laughs> um all right uh are we done yep all right what we got next
0: now we are going to do our recent review of fast and furious nine
1: i used to live my life a quarter mile at a time
3: but things changed my father now I will always be in your heart.
0: Little Brian, I have a gift for you. Your daddy gave me this, now I'm gonna give it to you. It's very special.
3: It's for protection. From what's coming.
2: All right, Dom. What's next? No matter how fast you are.
0: I am not too big compared to you.
2: No one outruns their past.
0: I am more easy. You trying your best to become me.
2: And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time, down.
0: So we're up against a master thief.
2: Assassin. High performance driver. Who is
0: he? Jacob is
3: Dom's brother.
0: Your whole life, you pushed yourself to be faster than Dom. Smarter than Dom. Stronger than Dom.
3: But could you kill him? Because I'm ready if you are.
0: The synopsis is Dominic Toretto and the team come together to stop a world-shattering plot headed by Toretto's brother, Jacob. Why is it spelled with a K? That's
1: how they spelled his name. I, I checked. That's how they spelled his name in the movie.
0: Jesus Christ. I know, right? I think a white woman wrote his name.
1: <clears throat>
0: uh, okay. Um, directed by Justin Lin, written by Daniel Casey and Justin Lin. It stars... Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Natalie, M- Emmanuel, mm. uh, Sung Kang, and John Cena.
1: John Cena's in this movie?
0: Well, you know, there was a rumor about it. I didn't see him at all. I didn't, definitely didn't see that <laughs> hunk of a body hanging from a wire. Just going from... Building to building.
1: That huge ass, like, fucking Terminator character. Just dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I know. <laughs> Why has nobody cast him as a Terminator? I don't under... He is a...
0: He's a Terminator. He's he a Terminator. A Terminator.
1: <laughs> He's a straight up Terminator.
0: Um, so what did you think?
1: About this movie? Mm-hmm. Holy shit.
0: Did I, it live up to everything I you wanted? I loved it.
1: I loved it. It was <laughs> so fucking stupid, but like that good
0: stupid. And like they knew what they were doing. It, it wasn't unintentionally mm-hmm. good stupid. It was intentionally good stupid.
1: Yeah, it, this movie. Okay, I mean, I know like, I know like we come off as because I, I we've Kelsey and I have been, have been told this before. We kind of come off as like snotty or snooty or whatever, and with like film and it's it's not that it's just like we we want to watch a good thing we want to watch a good story we want to watch good acting effects we want all that stuff you know Mm -hmm. anything for entertainment right but we also love big dumb action movies you know or just like you know cult films and stuff like that like what was that movie we saw last week with um roddy piper
0: oh um Uh, hell comes to frog town no hell
1: comes to frog town yeah that's what i said you said well
0: no, I said, "Oh, um, hell comes from Oh, okay.
1: They said, "Well," I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> Girl, that's a great '80s movie. Anyway, anyway, i I enjoyed this movie. I think I love the fact Justin Lin came back and was like, "Okay, I got to finish off this franchise." You know, I, we got, I got to do this right.
0: Yeah, this is like phase one of the Fast and Furious <laughs> <laughs> seriously,
1: franchise. Seriously, seriously, um, yeah, this movie's a lot of fun. It's like it one thing I really enjoyed about this movie is that it wastes no time to get into the action. It's like, here's Dom, here's Letty, they have a kid, that's in the trailer, you know, they have a kid and they get visited, hey, you know,
0: we need your help,
1: we need your help, all right, and I think within like, maybe 10 minutes, I think 10 minutes of the movie, no, I'll give it, I'll say 15 minutes, within 15 minutes of the movie, boom, we're right in action, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's it's good action because, from what I saw, because uh, I saw some behind the scenes clips, uh, behind the scenes clips, um, Justin Lin used a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. which was something that was missing in these movies because I know like the action has to get more ridiculous, more intense, more wild and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. a giant submarine or car jumping from building to building and stuff like that, but you have to like makes special effects or CGI with practical effects and it works and you have to me- have the mesh well otherwise it just looks too cartoony mm-hmm. this movie looks a lot less cartoony like uh the fate of the furious
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I, it looked it made it made it, it made it good it added weight to like these cars doing these tricks and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, what did you think about it
0: I actually really enjoyed it mm. um you kind of see people that you haven't seen in, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. 15 years. Mm and you And they're almost unrecognizable because you haven't really seen them since then. But, like, um, so it's kind of good because you get a good mix of nostalgia, but then, like, the the ridiculousness of the movie, Mm. to me, kind of outshone any plot because the plot is the same as it always is. Mm-hmm.
1: Like so, a like a world world-ending threat or some, some yeah something s- like society that. will crumble if this if the villain wins or some shit like yeah that. It's yeah. Al-
0: yeah it's always like that they always have a common goal mm-hmm. and you know um, but for me it was definitely like how they wrote the the ridiculous things into it mm. um, and I can't wait to get into the spoiling <laughs> section so I can really give those away because. Yeah. <laughs> that's but that's just my favorite thing um Mm. and i honestly didn't really expect to like tyrese because
1: oh tyrese gibson yeah his his roman character
0: yeah because i don't like him okay um but he was actually really good too like i liked Mm -hmm. his character this time even though he's always a whiny character this Mm -hmm. time he was more funny
1: yeah he was less whiny and more of like uh what's the word i always forget this word but he was more of like the character for the audience that mm-hmm. represents the audience like he even like comments like we should be dead like the shit we do we should not be living at all yeah which is it was a lot of audience it's like
0: which, almost like breaking the third wall
1: yeah 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 i mean the fourth uh, wall. yeah the fourth wall yeah and like yeah that's like a thing i said i'm like they should be dead i'm not saying how they're
0: how they survive like yeah. this makes no sense <laughs> um I, without giving it away, no. There was one character you're like, wow, what? He was just in that car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, one thing. One thing that I, I will I will give up to uh, Justin Lin and Daniel Casey, um, like yeah, there's there a plot. It's a world-ending threat, society crumbling threat, and everything like that. But like the whole like how it kind of meshes with. Um, the like the family con family conflict between uh Vin Diesel's character and John Cena's character, I think it worked really well. Like I'm not gonna lie, there was like a couple of emotional like gut punches. I was like, oh shit, that's that's pretty sad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing this movie did, and this is not a spoiler at all. I mean, they, obviously it, this is going to be an aspect of the story, and surprisingly, they've never done this before in these past movies. Is they really explore like Vin Di- Dominic Toretto's like past. Mm-hmm. Like how he got to where he is, like because there's always there's that story he told in the Fast and Furious movie where he's like, um, you know how he says like he saw his dad die and everything like that, and we actually like explore that, and mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I did not expect that to happen at all in this movie, and
0: I fucking love it. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: I get I get it, and a I
0: lot of people try to give their characters a backstory they Mm -hmm. try too hard and they're like why did you do that And like we didn't need that
1: yeah
3: yeah this one
0: actually was like okay that makes sense and i really enjoyed that and i know Uh like it it makes you view dominic like he was already kind of like the family guy and Mm -hmm. now you feel like you're a part of that family because you know where he comes from
1: yeah you get where that anger comes from you get why he was like him and his crew were like boosting fucking DVD TV combos and shit like that. Um, I have to ask you, what did you think? Okay, did this, Okay, because I, I remember the thing that when, when the trailer, when this trailer first dropped like what, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I remember the thing that I thought was the funniest thing was how John Cena was Van Diesel's brother. Because I was like,
0: how? That, that was th- the funniest thing? I don't think that was the funniest in, thing.
1: No, no, no. Like, when the trailer came out. Yeah,
0: I don't think... I, th- I remember you like, wow, they're really gonna do that with the car and the bridge.
1: No, 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 no. That was... Oh, no. Okay, visual-wise, yeah, ridiculous. But just, like, story-wise and, like, wait, Dominic Toretto has a brother?
0: And he's white? I know. <laughs> out of
1: all this time, out of, like, 20 years of Fast and Furious movies, now we find out he has a brother? That's, like... that's that, That's, like... I'm gonna throw Star Wars. That's like that's like Star Wars starting, and then by the time we get to Rise of Skywalker, oh yeah, Vader was your dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> like all that. Um, so I had to ask you, like, what did you did you think that worked? Because I don't I, like I want to hear your opinion if you thought that worked.
0: Um, I think it did. Okay. I I know it sounds kind of weird because yeah, usually like the late plot twist change like that is mm. kind of like. Suspicious, yeah, like like, it, like
1: it, you feel like it's like a cheap,
0: it's disingenuous. Th-
1: yeah, yeah, because you know, like I said, this is the tenth movie. This is the tenth movie, but this is like the ninth in like this whole like yeah, Vin Diesel kind of thing. Yeah, and it shouldn't work. It should be like, wait, why are you introducing this brother like nine stories in?
0: But the thing is, it makes sense because of how they told that story. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I have. Two siblings that I haven't talked to in at least eight years mm-hmm. so like it's not with like outside the realm of possibility that this mm-hmm. guy had a brother and never fucking told anybody, yeah yeah, especially if it's like a painful thing
1: yeah I, I can totally see it like i remember i remember when um when i told when I told like my friends that I had a that I have a sister they were like. What are you serious? And, you know, and I'm like, I'm like into my 20s, and I'm like, yeah, I have a sister. And they're like, how is that impossible? I'm like, oh, mm, just never met her. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. That, that does happen. Yeah. Um, I
0: think you met her like in your late, in your early 30s.
1: Yeah, I, made her, I, I met her in my late 30s, but like,
0: early, thir- early 30s. Yeah,
1: early, i sorry. I met her in my early 30s, I suppose. Like, but that's the thing. Like, I grew up because I never, I never, I only heard about her, but I never. It was never to a point where I can actually like bring it up to a conversation, other than like, oh, yeah, I have a sister, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because because you know, someone would ask like a, a thousand questions, and I'd be like, I have no answer. All I know is I have a sister,
0: and you <clears throat> wouldn't even know how to like contact her.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, one thing I want to, <laughs> one want to touch upon before we hit into the spoiler section is the acting. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, this is the Fast and Furious movie. Uh. You're not gonna get. Oscar-nominated performances. Mm-hmm. Fucking not even getting a Golden Globe nominated performances at all. Yeah. Um, I did like Vin Diesel in this one a lot. Like he He's like a passable actor in like, other films. He's like, okay, whatever. He's just like a, you know, I am group type individual. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think he, this one, I think he actually kind of like really tried to bring something out of himself because of how much the story is tied into like the Toretto family. Because mm-hmm. he has to like convey like, an amount of hurt It which is funny because i felt i felt more hurt for him in this movie mm-hmm. than when he found out he had a kid <laughs> 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 so what did you what did you think of the performance uh in this movie
0: um i agree with you about him mm-hmm. like he he's the one who held the movie together this time yeah yeah i still think that him and letty together is like the funniest matchup ever that's <laughs> because <laughs> Like 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 on screen it reads so bad yeah
1: like michelle i mean it's it's well known that michelle Rodriguez is, is lesbian she's a part of the lgbtq plus community you know that's no secret and everything but you can still make that work uh between like uh in, in a film you mm-hmm. know like opposites or whatever but <laughs> this movie it just, it just never works like even like the way how she even like talks to her that the kid that's not really her kid, she kind of talks to the kid like if that's like her nephew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like, you know, your dad loves you. I don't, but your dad loves you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the spoiler section more that too because it's the like whatever happens in the very first few moments of the film uh-huh. makes that statement stick a little bit more (laughs) yeah yeah
2: um
0: there's that but Mm. also with her she's always been a stiff actress i've I've never Mm. seen her in something that i'm like she's an amazing actress she i she plays a badass really well oh yeah yeah absolutely so that's fine i'm not saying she shouldn't be in movies i'm Mm. just saying if you want an emotional performance from her you're Mm. probably not gonna get it
1: i think i actually think you can because um she was on loss for i think maybe like two seasons um, and she was actually decent because that movie really is about like character interactions and like dialogue and all that kind of stuff. So she was actually pretty good in them. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say like, oh, you should watch it just for her performance. I'm not saying that at all. I know she has the capability to do it, but it seems like she, um, either her or her agent, they don't, they don't come to her and be like, Hey, you want to like, I want, you should do this. Cause this is like character driven or stuff like that. Like, I think she knows, she knows her wheelhouse and she's like, all right, I'm just going to stay comfortable. Like. Being this badass, you know, action star or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, we can get into the spoiler section?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, here's the part. We get to the spoiler section. We're going to talk about uh, Fast and Furious 9 or F9, the last, the, the Fast Saga. There we go. That's another name I keep seeing what it's called. Um, so, yeah, we're going to hop into the spoiler section. We're going to talk in great lengths about, you know, the film and all that kind of stuff. Um,
0: Wait, is it an F9? I think I remember what F9 is on the keyboard
1: what's f it's, oh.
0: a, it's supposed to be like the help button oh is it i think so
1: well the f9 are we still on that this is like yes, last week i know <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyway anyway so yeah we're gonna have the spoiler section uh for so for those who don't want really to spoiled uh here's your spoiler bumper right about now
0: when i move around a lot when i'm dancing to that song Mm -hmm. my headphones are like squeak 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 (laughs) squeak 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 squeak, squeak. (laughs)
1: um okay so let's let's talk about let's talk about that beginning that first let's talk about that first five minutes
0: okay so talking about michelle rodriguez again you were like oh yeah she talks to that her son like it's her nephew." nephew yeah and then the people show up, the crew shows up, and they're like, hey, we need your help. We know you got out of the life, but, like, we need your help. And she's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm totally fucking in. Yeah. Like, you know this is not our life, Dom. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she just leaves. <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> like, like, okay, <laughs> don't love you, bye. <laughs>
1: like, you can tell, like, you can just picture in her head that she's just going through all of, like, the mother thing she has to do for this kid that's not her, That's that was a product of, like, Dom sleeping with somebody... After he thought that she was dead and everything. And it's like, all <laughs> right, I'm in. Like, just no hesitation. I'm in. Let's do
0: yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I, don't, I don't know why I was distracted by the fucking bike on the dirt every time they were on the dirt, and the bike was always fishtailing and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think those were really great chase scenes.
1: Oh, yeah, at the beginning?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I will do some pushback on that.
3: Okay.
0: The
1: reason why is because apparently what that scene showed me that you too can catch anybody in midair with your car.
0: (laughs) Not just that scene. (laughs) There were at least three other scenes mm-hmm. where Dom was catching someone with his fucking car. Yeah.
1: That's, that movie <laughs> proves that you can use your car as a catcher's man. It's just that simple.
0: Like, it's just that simple. I remember we got out of the movie and we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they should make a short where Dom is teaching his kid how to play catch, but he's using he's a person car- and they're in cars.
1: No, no, no. This is what I'll say. No, I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, you we can use that. No, actually, you know what? Okay, so here's the short. Here's the short. Right? It's in stages it's as he gets older, right? Okay, it's Dom playing catch with his kid, like with the catcher's mitt. Baseball, just boom, 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 right? And then he's like early teenager, right, or some shit. Then he's like teaching him how to drive with a the, with the ball, like boom, boom, boom. Same thing, right? And then he comes a young adult. Then he moves up to like animals, dog, cat, goat, <laughs> catching him with a car. Boom, boom, boom. Then as, as his son, Brian, is about to become a man, you know, have his first kid, Dom teaches him how to catch people with cars that's, the, that's I think
0: around. it's funny if he just starts off with people and they end up killing like 50 people because, <laughs> <Damn>. because
1: <laughs> that's a fucking quick ass short probably like 15 seconds <laughs> and it's
0: th- dark humor because oh you know like mm. <laughs> you're not going to be good at the thing that you're learning when you first try so oops I accidentally oh, killed that, that person that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay son don't worry we all make mistakes I know. You know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and yeah. we'll try it again
1: remember it's about family <laughs> um alright so so the so action <laughs> so stupid <laughs> um so the action let's let's start with the action okay is there anything in the action in this action set piece that like stuck out for you that you were like that's good I like that that's in the beginning the jungle one the jungle uh, one
0: oh I mean I like that one I, mm. honestly there was so much action they all kind of meld together for me
1: Mm, okay. Um,
0: there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh-huh. I just it's hard to like remember it all because <laughs> yeah, one good. it was a long movie.
1: Yeah. It's like yeah, this movie like two and a half hours. I think it's like two hours and like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is deserved. It's not like fucking in the heights <laughs> where you're just like, oh god. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think I, I think the two hours and twenty minutes is like just fine.
3: I think yeah, it like it fine.
0: wasn't too long for me. I'm just saying there was so much. Mm. That a person like me who already has memory issues is not mm. going to remember like, mm. oh, that thing in particular. I can remember certain scenarios that were kind of cool. Okay. Like um <laughs> Ludacris and Tyrese were out in space in the fucking car. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> that's the funny thing. Because that's not even the most ridiculous thing in this movie is when they get. Because there have been rumors that like, oh, do they go off in space? They got to go off in space. All that kind of stuff. And that's not even the most ridiculous thing that happens. It, the funny thing is, that's like, the way how like Justin Lin had did this is like, that's like, the, the the space travel scene happens towards like the final uh, like climactic battle or mm-hmm. action scene.
2: Yeah.
1: And the the thing I actually liked about, I think this goes to like how good Justin Lin knows how to direct action, um, that he can have a scene where it's like a car chase. You know, these cars trying to stop this truck. Have yeah, that really intense, and yet the scene where he's with where Tyrese Gibson and and Ludacris are in space, like the break. Like let's take a small break and watch what's going on in space right now. Yeah. Even though it's totally ridiculous, <laughs> let's take a small break. And that's the thing that worked so well. you just like, I can totally see that.
0: Actually, those big fucking magnets were my favorite things about the car chase.
1: Oh, that shit was so fun. That I would say that's that's on par with like the bank heist scene I think in Fast Five
3: mm-hmm. where
1: they they had to like uh, rob a bank and they just pulled the whole safe out of the building oh, and yeah, just I dragged th- and then dragged it through the city. That's like on par with that because it was just so bonkers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Um, So, for, <laughs> okay, logistics time. Okay. <laughs> it was, it, Logistically speaking, uh, if you had magnets that big in your box truck, mm-hmm. first of all, they were very heavy, and they were on the passenger side all lined up of that truck. They yeah. weren't in the middle or anything.
2: Well, no, they were on
1: both sides. I remember they were on both sides.
0: I only saw them on one side.
1: they were on bo- I remember they were on both sides because there's that scene where, like, Letty is, like, driving, and then she tur- she cranks it up all the way, and it brings the um, the light poles down on both sides of the street. So, uh, so the magnets are on both sides, but no, no, go on, go on.
0: Okay. So... I don't know. I didn't see that, but for me, mm. I felt like they were all on one side of the truck, mm. so the truck would fall over, or it would be oh, okay. too fucking heavy to drive.
1: No, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, cause, because the way how it's shot, you would only assume that it's coming from like the left side or the uh, the passenger side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that, that,
0: that's, so I guess that, they're wanting you to just assume without seeing that there are magnets on both sides of the truck.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're just like, and the, the funny thing is like, the... The dial that they used to crank the magnet it wasn't like a regulator was like oh this is only left side oh this is only right side it's either full magnetism or full like what's it called like repulsion like pushback polarity
0: reversal yeah
1: polarity reversal exactly um
0: so So there's that and uh, then still with the magnets okay i have a few things about the magnets okay, okay 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 so when they decide okay this is a cool weapon that we have here now mm-hmm. because they had that box car that box truck
1: talk about Chekhov's gun fuck a magnet <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> so they end up sucking a car into the fucking box truck because mm-hmm. they're like doing a chase oh yeah, yeah And it yeah. just goes through one wall mm-hmm. and is inside the truck like it would have yeah. knocked the truck over or mm-hmm. it would have like Kind of exploded it or something.
1: Yeah, perfectly catch that. It just badger. like
0: caught it, okay. like skydivers getting caught by an airplane, which I saw this morning.
1: Ooh, that sounds horrible.
0: No, it was cool. Did, did they die? No, they were the ones that they wear like the almost like a flying squirrel suit. Oh, okay. And yeah, so they're like gliding through the air, and uh-huh. then they just kind of turn on their side and whoop, right into the plane.
2: Oh wow! That yeah, that's cool.
1: Um, so so check this out. They're they're um, uh, I can't remember where I saw the video. I think I saw it on Twitter or something like that. Um, Justin Lin was actually breaking down that scene where the truck gets, or the the car that John Cena's driving is like pulled into the truck. So that's 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 actually practical effects. They actually got a car, drove it, and they pulled the, they pulled it with wires into the building. So when it goes into the building, mm-hmm. that's it's really being pulled into a building.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they did they they shot on the other, They shot. Uh, like I won't say like the other side of the street, but kind of like the same thing. Like to kind of give you the idea, it's on the other side of the street, mm-hmm. and just pull the car uh, across the building into the truck, mm-hmm. and they just like spliced it perfectly. So it's like like straight through it. Yeah, which that's why I'm just like, yeah, that's why this movie's dope because it, it's fucking practical. I mean, of course they added, like a little bit of like CGI to like mm-hmm. make it look more dramatic or a bit more glass or like whatever. But yeah, they really like yoinked a car <laughs> through a building. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, so there's that, and then also when they're still using the magnets later mm. in the movie, mm. when John Cena gets betrayed and then he's helping them or whatever. Mm.
1: I kind of wish that turn happened sooner.
0: The turn? Well, because like... His, oh, him helping his brother? Yeah, because I, that did seem a little disingenuous to me. Yeah, Because yeah. he was so pissed off at his brother. Yeah, he
1: was so adamant of like, fuck this, fuck my brother, like you and gotta live in my shadow. And
0: it seems like he would be smarter than the guy he was working with. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So, like, to yeah. me that wasn't written very well.
1: Yeah, like, the whole thing with, like, Cypher, like, convincing the other dude. Convincing, I can't remember the actor's so name. He was,
0: like, the, Belgian or something.
1: Yeah, convincing him to, like, betray John Cena. That was just kind of like, really? That's, like, we're just right there? Like, I felt like that could have been played uh, played out a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Um. So, they stick the front end of this car. Mm-hmm to the back of the tank looking truck yeah with the magnet yeah and i'm like the magnets are so strong mm. that if it's holding on to a car it's probably gonna continue to suck other things into it too <laughs> yeah. like that logistically yeah it should
1: be like just magnetizing everything around it
0: yeah and then they finally let go of the car when john cena's in it and he mm. uses it to get away yeah but like i don't know it's fast and furious I like. I think. Like I did. Honestly, I'm saying these things, but it honestly doesn't bother me that much. Because, yeah, you just like you have the like,
1: logistic mind kind of working on it at the same time.
0: Like yeah, I, like I see these things and like the logistics exists at the same time that I'm like I don't fucking care because I like this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, it's like I mean, obviously, none of this shit could like happen, but you know, you can't help because like even I'm thinking like the parts were the parts were like Dom and and jacob used the car to like try to stop it the truck from moving and yeah. how it was like they were like breaking enough for the truck to like lift up <laughs> on this back end like a couple of times it was just like that should never happen at yeah, all yeah
0: and then when it finally does go ascend over <laughs> it just slides for like 15 miles well also it looked like it was as tall as like an eight-story building yeah like yeah. no no <laughs> yeah like they overdid the, the i think they wanted it to look like really like uh uh with sword cool not cool um like ominous or like mm. like like it was something that's oh man like our world is gonna fucking oh, end oh yeah like, yeah yeah, i get you there's a word i can't remember but mm. yeah like they wanted it to look like oh shit that's a big fucking truck mm-hmm. and no it's not eight stories tall yeah yeah,
1: yeah. When, it, when, when they when they flipped that truck, it it honestly reminded me of uh, Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight movie mm-hmm. when when uh, he was
0: actually a good filmmaker.
1: Yeah, <laughs> when um Batman had like uh, had the, had the bat cycle and then like pulled the wires across and stuff like that and with a truck kind of like picks up with the joker it's like that 18 wheel just like like just picks oh, up and yeah. slams it down hmm. it reminded me of that i mean you can tell that's like cgi well i don't know how much of that is cgi but like it like I say remind me of nolan nolan's work um which was done like practical and looked really cool but this mm-hmm. one is more obviously more like cartoonish in a way um so 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 let's talk about the let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the inner turmoil that is the the toretto family <laughs> um so like i said like oh, oh actually oh, i take that back i think the i think the first five minutes is actually the uh what goes on in the past if i, if I remember correctly then it kind of jumps to the farm
0: maybe i don't remember uh
1: so yeah uh, a lot of this movie has to do with like flashbacks and shit like that and how toretto and like uh how how dom and jacob were like part of the pit crew for, uh, for like, Papa Toretto and shit like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, I really enjoyed those flashbacks. I really enjoyed seeing how Dominic Toretto, like, lost his cool and, like, essentially, like, beat the guy to death and stuff like that that caused his dad's death.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but how, like, there's this whole, there was this whole thing about, like, the Toretto family was, like, um, they were going through bankruptcy. Um, that Jacob had a hand in, like, his dad dying and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I like how... First, you just see like the accident, right? And then, um, first you see the accident, and then when you come back to the flashback, you find out that like Dom kind of figured out that like, oh, Jacob has something to do with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then later on, you come back and like find out that like, oh, they were in the hole, you know, they were they were bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and you, and how, um, there's that scene where Vin Diesel is like reliving that day and he like puts the pieces together himself, like, oh, that's what that meant, that's what that meant, and then he like finally it's just like my brother had to make a very hard decision and I can like now sympathize with, with my brother of what he did. Mm-hmm. Which given these movies are ridiculous shouldn't work but it did.
0: For the most part it did. Yeah. I was totally on board with every single thing. Mm. Even the whole we're in a lot of debt thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not totally on board with how little communication there was between brothers mm. and father and son mm. if they're supposed to be that close because they were already so, like, contentious with each other. Mm. Like, the little brother looked up to the older brother, and the older brother thought he was a hot shot, but you never really got a sense that he was an asshole. And it seemed like everyone mm. was, like, having a hard time with mm. him. Like, oh, don't tell him, don't tell him. And, like, mm-hmm. for me, that was a little... Like of a, a hard right, like okay, I, th- like they were forcing that. I, I would t-
1: t- for, for me I don't I don't really felt that it was forced because even as we're seeing like um, Toretto like in the past. The Toretto that we know now, it's like to me, it was. I can totally picture, like, oh, I can see why they wouldn't tell him because he would straight be like, no, no, we'll be fine. But even he he was
0: a teenager, though, still, yeah. But I can
1: still, like, I can still picture him being like that. At well, he wasn't teenager, he was like early 20s or something like that,
0: yeah. But still, not the head of the family, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was still very inexperienced, mm -hmm. he didn't have enough clout to, Mm -hmm. like, okay, leave the family, or like,
1: Mm -hmm. see. That see there, that's what I think that it shows how much how much of uh, Don was so full of himself, and I think that had that him doing that whole flashback, that was like him reflecting like, "Oh, I'm not hot shit." I mean, that's, but that's how that's how I was reading
0: it. No, I I get that the whole yeah. flashback thing is fine. Yeah, I I just don't like like I felt like the reveal of oh well we didn't tell you about the debt mm. and then we didn't tell you about throwing the race and then. Mm. Even after you killed that fucking guy, I still didn't tell you about that cause my dad didn't want me to tell you. Yeah. And then even though I'm a spy now and killing everybody, I still don't want to fucking tell you. Like, yeah.
1: what the fuck? Yeah, that. Yeah, that I can. I, yeah, I can totally agree
0: with you on that. Yeah, one. yeah. That that's my only issue. Yeah. But it's not like, a, like it doesn't kill the movie for me. Mm. But like, everything else with the mm. whole Dom, like the whole Toretto family, I yeah. really actually really liked.
1: Okay, so speaking of like. Well, speaking about what we didn't like, there's one thing I have a real big problem with this movie, and like, I don't know, maybe maybe I just need to rewatch it because I just my brain just couldn't compute. Um, was the whole how Han like survived <laughs> the Tokyo Drift crash?
0: You're overthinking it.
1: I, I, you know what? And that's my problem. That you know what? I admit I am overthinking it, but logistics,
0: here, okay? Logistics,
1: exactly. exactly. This is where my logistics Stop is coming. Stop it. Stop it. No, no, because. <laughs> god damn it i need a fucking valid explanation (laughs) okay um and 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 like when the when the trailer came out and they showed han i remember thinking like why are they showing han now like that would just be way cooler to reveal that later like oh shit han's alive right Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: but like i get why they decided to show that now because they wanted to they wanted to give han more purpose Mm-hmm. for his return they wouldn't have a reason for his return yeah which i thought was great i love the fact that he had a connection to like this device that's supposed to like give anybody who has control of it like control of everything like electronically and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so i love that right um but then they go into the whole like how he survived because that's like the key that's whenever a character dies like it's a final death of somebody and they come back somehow later i'm always like you got to explain this mm-hmm. like you better do a damn good job. The most, the most offensive, <laughs> the most events, offensive explanation was Terminator Three: Rise of the Machine. Of like, why, why did any of this still happen? It still irritates me now. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, like the fact that okay, you try to explain this to me. How, how does I, What did I miss? How did Han come back?
0: They explained it.
1: Okay. Okay. So then, re-explain it to me because I must have I, something I must have missed.
0: Okay. So you saw the car flipped over. Car
1: flipped over. Uh, what's his name? Um, Han. Uh, Han's in there. Uh, Decker Shaw is, like throws the cross like, you know, he's like walking away from a car about to explode. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Then you see Han with what's that guy's name?
1: Kurt Russell's character. Yeah. Oh, Mister Nobody. Yeah. Okay.
0: And he goes, "Yeah, I can make anything look real." Okay. So How? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what that device actually does? They, no, 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 no. You talking about the, the
1: the device that destroys the the, 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 the MacGuffin? Mm-hmm. That MacGuffin had nothing to do with that car accident.
0: I'm not talking about that. I said, okay. do you know how the device actually works? Yeah.
1: How? See, they actually explained it. They said... That, oh, actually, the way how they activated it is so stupid. It had to be that girl's DNA. I was yeah. like, that's dumb. Okay, 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 so? okay. Logistically, okay.
0: that's dumb, yes. Okay,
1: okay, but see, that... That, uh, I understand why that would be a, comp- a convoluted, complicated answer. I understand that. But how do you explain a dude who's in the car, who was in the car, the car flipped, he was in the car, and now he's
0: out of the car? You, don't, you haven't watched enough spy movies. <laughs> Excuse me? What was that one with um, Tom Cruise when he was younger, like really young? Top Gun? mission impossible oh was it mission impossible one he's done th- was it that one when he um has like love interest or something or like a female spy looks like she's dead but then they have to like give her something to bring her back because they actually gave her something to keep her like looking dead and like suppress her pulse and shit we watched that movie
1: mission impossible
0: okay okay that doesn't seem like something that could have even happened either. Okay,
1: but see, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, when you watch the Mission Impossible movie, you expect convoluted explanations of, like, scientific mumbo-jumbo bullshit. This car flipped. Han there... was in the car. He was bloody all, Ugh! and then next, you know, when Decker Shaw walked by him, he was no longer in the car. Okay. Deckard, Shaw, Deckard, Deckard Shaw hit him and knocked this car over. What?
0: you're annoying. Listen. Okay. Okay. John Cena is a white Toretto, and okay. they explain that as, oh, I didn't know. there was a Nordic strain. Okay. This other thing, mm. with the car, mm. is just another way of them making fun of their explanations or lack thereof in the movie. they're having fun okay
1: but see that's the thing when you have this character this huge character that started a campaign called Justice for Han and they tried their damnedest to bring this character to the the point where they fuck with the timeline to bring prequels to make sure his character's in here you bring him back and you don't the the only explanation is oh I can make anything look like that what do you mean Decker Shaw like knocked his car over did like I can understand if like he had a team or like if Han was like not in the car or something like that, they showed he was not in the car, but we've seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He was in the car. He I can understand if the car flipped and we don't see the body at all. Then mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, I could totally understand that. But they showed the body. Mm-hmm. And he was not there. Right. Like it was like a it was supposed to be like a trick of the eye and shit. Yeah. So so I'm just supposed to take it like that? It's yeah. a trick of the eye. Mm-hmm. All right I, I i I still I honestly think that is fucking dog shit <laughs> like I, like I get like,
0: it I, I get where I get where you're coming from, honestly, uh-huh. I honestly do get where you're coming from, mm. but I refuse to think about it that hard because it'll ruin the movie for me.
1: but that's the thing'm not it's not a matter of me thinking of it hard. It's supposed to be something simple it, okay
0: because like you can you th- could, I think the thing is, they don't know how to bring him back, so they tried to do something like cutesy or whatever okay you know what i mean like Mm. the whole justice for han thing you were talking about Mm. you see he died how do you bring him back you can't so okay we're just gonna say this and like move on okay i honestly just don't think they knew how to bring him back
1: okay then let them then i'm totally with that we didn't know how to bring him back then fucking say it in other words don't act like i'm stupid because that's what I got from that. They I acted like I was no, stupid. That's what I'm
0: saying. That's why I think you're thinking about it too hard. I don't think they did it like that because mm-hmm. they think you're stupid. I think they did it like that because they're like, we don't know how to bring him back. And you can glean that from the fact that we wrote it this way. Okay. You know what I mean? So they're gotcha. making fun of themselves and like, oh, Han is back. Like we wanted mm-hmm. him back. So he's here. Okay. We just couldn't write it.
1: Okay. I got it. You got it? Mm-hmm. I still don't agree with it's Stupid, but whatever. All right, <laughs> uh, we're too much. We're spending too much, I mean, we're spending too much time arguing about something that should be like, like nothing. This <laughs> is a wipe away. Wipe away. Han's back. Shh.
0: Han's back, Mark. Stop. Han's back. Shh. Yeah, Shh. he's back. Everything should be okay now, right? Yeah, definitely. You know. You oh, know. I know what. His girlfriend was fucking Gal Gadot, but she wasn't Gal Gadot in the fucking Tokyo Drift, was it?
1: No, because Tokyo Drift took place after Fast... Seven, or Fast Six. I
0: no, think. but remember when they were doing the flashbacks? mm Mhm. Gal wasn't in that movie, was she? Toka Drew. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. That was an archive footage from like from like Fast Six or some, Fast Seven or some shit like that. Oh okay. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They did because they did multiple. They did. Cause
0: they did a flashback, and I'm like, that wasn't his girlfriend.
1: Yeah. But I mean, they made it
0: seem like it was. Yeah, it was his girlfriend.
1: Like they had a thing in like, I think it was seven. I want to say seven. They had they had a thing in Fast Seven. Oh. Huh. Yes, five seven.
0: I think it was Fast seven. Probably. Yeah. Don't don't think about it too hard.
1: I know, right? Before I start getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, what's your final take on this? Oh, so couple couple things, couple things, real quick. Okay. Um. So the movie, uh, domestically, is made about seventy million dollars. Uh, um. I actually think it's more since the at the time of this recording, but over the weekend, it's made about seventy million dollars. Okay. Uh, worldwide, let me see, Uh, F9, the 10th feature film the franchise, um, has now made $400 million worldwide. I remember I said this when we got into the car after we watched the movie. I was like, I bet you this movie's going to make like $500 million over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's made close to that. Um, (laughs) Have you heard that what he wants to do, Van Diesel wants to work with, uh, Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda? No. He says he wants to turn the Fast and Furious movie into a musical. He wants to do a musical entry for it.
0: I'm not interested. In fact, I hate it in the Heights so bad that I now have zero interest in watching Hamilton. Oh, really? When I was interested before because everyone, <laughs> everyone loved uh-huh. it so much.
1: Uh-huh. Now I'm just like, nope. I'm curious to watch it, but like, n- not to take it seriously at all. Actually, I take that back. I'm curious to watch 15 minutes of it and that's it.
0: (laughs) I'm not, I don't even care. (laughs) Um,
1: uh, So even, so, you know, and for, for those who don't know, um, the Fast and Furious movies, the, the, they've got two more movies in this. Um, It's going to be called, it's Fast 10, but they're splitting it in like a part one, part two. Um, But they plan on shooting it like back to back, which, very curious about that. Um, I always
0: like it when they do that because then it feels a lot like mm-hmm. Infinity War, like an ending.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like the movie's over now, you just gotta wait like a eight, year, eight to nine months, or a year yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, I, I I actually hope that uh, because the Rock's not in this movie, Jason Statham. Jason Statham does show up at the like a, as a make credit stinger. Um, one, I'm curious to see that that moment where Han and Decker Shaw meet again. Excuse me, and two. Very curious to see if anything's gonna come of anything's gonna come of that Ho- Hobbs and Shaw story, where there is like that secret group
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: after like Hobbs and Shaw that like Idris Alba's character was working with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I actually hope they like bring that together. Yeah. They like have that together and like okay, you know we got this and this and this and this is how like it all like mints together. It's like a ultimate team up we got to do and shit like that. Yeah. Um have you heard supposedly who they want who they want to get for uh, in the next Fast uh, Fast Furious movies? No. So um, they, uh, Vin Diesel. Let me see. She, he wants to get. Um, I forgot the actress's name, but it's just it's this Oscar-winning actress to play uh, the abuela, mm-hmm. uh, the abuela Toretto. Mm-hmm. Um, he has said that, like, him and J- uh, Justin Lin have talked about uh, Mama Toretto. Mm. And he says, like, well, before we get to, like, Mama Toretto, we got to we gotta see, like, a, a boy out of Toretto. And I forgot. He wants to get, like, an Oscar-winning actress to play the mother. I can't remember the fucking actress name for the life of me right now. Um, So that. And then he wants to get fucking Sir Michael Caine <laughs> to play Helen Mirren's husband. <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally for it yeah. totally for it just fuck just bring them in
0: yeah just bring just them all on.
1: just bring them all in um all right so what's they your
0: might as well make it part of like a dc universe but like something they actually like
1: uh yeah i know um
0: <laughs> and we've already had gal gadot in there and like
1: <laughs> uh let me let me look up the actress uh
0: I think it's funny how, like, how you got, like, so mad right now about Han.
1: <laughs> Yo, Justice for Han, come on. And I'm glad they brought him back, Justice for Han, come on. I know. Um,
0: Although I kind of don't like what they did with the guy he was teaching how to drift. The country boy. Oh, Lucas Lucas Black? Yeah. I like the, I... Because he, like, looks like he's just fucking barely surviving in a fucking junkyard with these two idiots that are, like, they're smart idiots.
1: Yeah, I, um, Rita Moreno. There we go. Rita, Rita Moreno. She's from, um, she's an Oscar-winning asterisk, act, actress from, uh, West Side Story. He, want, uh, Vin Diesel wants her to play Abuela Toretto. And she's up for it, too. She's like, I'm just waiting for that phone call. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I like that's the thing. A lot of people give a lot of shit for Tokyo Drift. I
0: like Tokyo Drift. No, I do too. That's yeah. why I'm upset. Like, why did he land there? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. He wasn't
0: yeah. successful in anything then. He just became a fucking stooge. Yeah, like, I honestly
1: thought, like, when, when Paul Walker died, I'm not saying, like, they were going to try to replace him with a Lucas Black character, but I thought that would have been a great opportunity to bring him into that group and mm-hmm. then have... um uh what's his name? Like Little Bow Wow to like join him and stuff like that with like uh Tyrese Gibson Ludacris and Homeboy from uh Warrior. Um
0: Oh yeah, the guy who played um
1: uh Jason Tobone. Uh sorry, Jason Tobin. Mm-hmm. The one who was in uh Tokyo Drift. I'm glad like those three came back, but I thought they would be more involved. Um with this franchise and kind of, like, little, like, parts here and there and stuff yeah,
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, and not a joke.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, Lucas Black... Um, Lucas Black wasn't really much of a joke in Tokyo Drift. Like but he that's
0: would, what I'm saying. He was, like, the underdog. The guy who didn't know any fucking thing. He was in trouble and he was trying to turn his life around. Yeah. And, like,
1: and they made him, like, this dumbass hick.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm mad. like, I really loved that fucking movie. And I feel like they did that world of characters really wrong mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: um fucking justice for, for Lucas black, <laughs> black.
2: <laughs> however
1: I, I was really happy to see like the tokyo drift like crew all back together yeah, like okay. with that moment they had i was like oh, i forgot that's gonna happen i was like oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um all right we've been talking about this movie for a while uh is there anything else uh, nope, that's uh, so you're all about it i'm all about it Everyone should go watch it, right?
0: Yes. All right, yeah, cool. I even my daughter watched it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, my daughter watched it, too. She was like, I like this movie, Dad. <laughs> All right, uh, what do we got now?
0: Now we're going to do our variety time.
3: So
0: we are doing the next four episodes um, in the Berserk saga
1: that's correct oh sorry that's correct my volume was low sorry
0: oh i heard you just fine though <laughs> um so yeah this is part five we did episodes uh 17 which is moment of glory 18 which is tombstone of flames 19 which is parting and 20 which is the spark Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> what? Well, all right so what's come on let's go ahead and rip into it I feel like I feel like you're just like, ugh, I'm done.
0: No, I liked it. Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> that hard sigh was like, ugh.
0: No, kind of, I'm tired, and mm. also like because I'm tired, I'm like, you know, from the heat and everything. Mm. I gotta like think about what I'm gonna say because okay. there's kind of a lot. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, like they're like they're packing these episodes now. Like when like the the band of the hawk are more in a location where they're fight, like they fought in the like hundred year war stuff like that like there's a lot to like go mm-hmm. on in these episodes
0: so uh let's talk about episode 17 really fast mm. um they're still on this thing about we need to poison griffith yeah like i feel like they already failed at whatever attempt they were trying to kill him before
1: yeah like not not the king himself but like his like uh advisors and stuff and like the that. queen yeah oh yeah and the yeah yeah there's that reveal that the queens and it's gonna get involved too
0: yeah so um so yeah so they have like this whole event because like they won the war they're being celebrated mm. and the whole thing is they don't want them to become nobles because you got to keep the bloodline sacred or whatever
1: yeah which is like That is like some bullshit. Yeah. That is some bullshit. Which that this this makes me go on Griffith's side. Like, yeah, I understand why why you did this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um But of course, you know, he takes the poison and then Mm. you know, he collapses on the ballroom floor and everyone's sad. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it for the first one. Yeah. So then you get into episode eighteen and it's Tombstone of Flames. So basically the queen and the conspirators are all talking about the poisoning and everything but Griffith actually isn't dead. He took something else that yeah, like made it seem a, yeah to make it seem like he poisoned he got drank the poison but he didn't. Yeah. And he came back and he locked them in the whatever chamber they were in, you mm. know, talking about their conspiracy and yeah, he like, burned it down.
1: Yeah, I I so I I have two thoughts on. I have two thoughts at the like the last like five minutes of this episode, um, where they they see that it's Griffith, like that he's still alive and all that kind of stuff, and I think it's funny because at the at the time when this is happening, the building is on fire, right? Mm-hmm. And yet. Griffith and the Queen are able to have a conversation. The Queen is in a burning building.
0: Like in and, the balcony.
1: Yeah. And Griffith's like, oh, I took this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, how can you hear him say any of that from where... Over
0: the it, roaring flames yeah, in yeah. your ears?
1: Yeah, that just means logistics. He's probably
0: just like, wah, 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 wah I know.
2: <laughs> what? What?
0: <I> do- <gasps> it's getting a little hot in here. I know. Can you
2: can you speed it up? I, I need to know. Um, <laughs> but there's this
1: really great part where... Griffith is talking to the person um, that was uh, supposedly uh, conspiring against him, mm. and the guy was like, "How do you like? How did you know this was going to happen?" And He goes like, "I didn't know. All I had to do was to see the fear in your eyes, and I knew something was up." Which goes into the mindset of once again the Griffith of like how he's like this really great like strategist and shit like that. He knows how to read people. Yeah,
0: like me. I'm Griffith.
2: <laughs> oh God, no.
0: <laughs> oh fuck. Um. So, towards the end of that episode, all of the Band of the Hawk, mm. they didn't know that he wasn't dead, and they see him, and they're all happy, mm-hmm. Um but Guts is kind of getting closer to the fact that he doesn't want to leave. I yeah. mean, he doesn't want to stay, Yeah, and he tells Koska, um that he plans on leaving.
1: Yeah, so I... One thing I one thing I just remember is that scene where like everybody's happy to see Griffith and they're everyone's like the band of the Hulk are all smiles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the last time you will see them that happy.
0: Yeah, and
1: it's like fuck, you know, because I've seen, you know, I know what was gonna happen, so my brain is just like, oh, that's so fucked up. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like it's like torturous to watch this because I just know what's gonna happen to everybody.
0: Yeah. So, um, so episode nineteen, Guts leaves. Mm. Um. And of course he's, he leaves, but of course, some people notice him walking outside and they yeah. come after him like, "Hey, you didn't even say goodbye." And Griffith says, "I thought I told you years ago that I own you." Yeah, yeah yeah. And guts is like, "No, you don't And like, I want to be your equal." Yeah. so they of course fight mm. and uh, guts's sword mm. like breaks griffith's sword and mm. griffith is like kind of defeated mm. no, and
1: kind of no he was defeated no
0: defeated i mean he wasn't like injured i mean he no. was like it was like an emotional type of defeat he yeah. was on his knees and he yeah, was like yeah. almost like taken aback, like what the fuck just happened yeah yeah and griffith just leaves
1: i mean cuts leaves
0: that's what i meant Guts leaves so
1: i want to i want to hear your take on that mm-hmm. because like i think this because I, I think that scene is so, it's so meaningful and so symbolic, because um, he because uh, uh, Guts has been with the band of the Hawk, I think it's supposed to be like three years or something like that that mm-hmm. they were writing together, and then like how they've fought this battle, t- they fought these battles together, they've they've they're brothers in arms, they've saved each other's lives like countless times and shit like that, and you would think there's like a very understanding and mutual respect. Like, you don't want to be here anymore? You deserve that. You know, you, you've done so much for me. I appreciate that, homie. You know, deuces and stuff like that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And even how Guts is just like, there's like that part where Griffith's like, you're not leaving because I own you. And Gus is like, C- can't you just say bye? Like, I would appreciate if you just said bye.
2: Like, yeah, because just-
0: Griffith even um, is like in his own mind mm-hmm. saying how, he doesn't even have any emotion on his face as he's about to fight me. There's like no anger mm. or anything. He's just like calmly mm. stating his purpose and like there, you know, like it, this isn't out of hatred that he's doing this.
1: Yeah, and it's almost like a complete role reversal when the first time that they encounter and they fought how
0: Griffith was like like ice, you know, he was like very calm and cool and collected. Yeah. And Guts was like Bl- like in a blind rage.
1: Yeah, and like if, that's, if you remember in that scene, Guts is like narrating, like, "Oh, if I, if I if I hit him this way, I'll take him out this way." Blah 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 blah. And you heard nothing, in Griffiths head But in this, at the end of this episode, it's all Griffith just speaking. Yeah, he's and, like,
0: "If I if I come down at him at this angle, I got to be careful because I will kill him if I if I get him at the wrong angle." Yeah, so yeah. So I have to be careful, and then you know, of course, the sword breaks.
1: Yeah, so it, I I feel like you're underselling it. <laughs> that sword breaking scene i think that sword breaking scene one i think it looks really fucking cool
0: no it was really cool Mm. um i just think it's funny like it was it was very emotional and dramatic when it happened Mm. but afterwards Mm. because of i guess because of how guts was like under emotional Mm. and you're used to so much blood and so much like trauma when they fight mm. that the fact that it was just his sword breaking mm. and then guts just walks away kind of feels a little anticlimactic to me.
1: Mm, okay, I see. Like, like I, I, get, see I get, I the get the that. weight
0: of it, but yeah. I'm just kind of like, mm, okay.
1: I can get that. I get that. I, I, I was seeing it as, and I, like I said, visual wise, yeah, it can come off very anticlimactic because you can think, oh, they're gonna be like, bam, 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 like going at it, and yeah. stuff like that. Even though we kind of already got that with like the first battle. Um, but I, I think like,
0: I, cause, I think cause you want to see that guts has learned something
1: yeah, and, I, and, and I, can
0: hold his own now against Griffith.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He can be like, cause like, like you said, guts was more of like blind rage, just like swinging that sword around with all his might, taking out people left and right and shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just showed how much guts had grew, how grew up, uh, how much he grew up, how much he, um, what's the word, uh, you he, he has so much growth. In that time, Mm -hmm. where he can be a strategist as well, like
0: he knew which way to hit his sword to break it.
1: Yeah, which angle? I know what movie's gonna do, and then like that part. To me, that part is so cool when like Griffith goes at him, Guts like puts the sword out, and it like collides, and it snaps the sword, and you see Guts' face like, "Holy shit, he's gonna cut him in fucking half right now!" And he just like stops. Mm-hmm. Right of the shoulder, and it's like this cool, like it's just a total anime effect,
0: where we, the broken part of the sword slowly falls through the air.
1: Yeah, but like as like the snow goes, like pushes oh, down, like yeah. so so much pressure that the air
2: went, like, <laughs> it's just total anime yeah. style. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I like I, it's 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 cool, it's cool in in anime form, and it's cool in manga form too, because it's it's almost the exact same thing except. I believe in the manga. It's in the daytime, like it's at the sunset or something, or the sun rising or some shit. Like
0: it's in that. the daytime in the movie. Is
1: too? it okay? I'm I, mean I'm in the
0: show. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just picturing like it being night or something like that. Um, but obviously, my memory is not correct on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just and I, and obviously how that sword, the sword breaking symbolizes sim- symbolizes how Griffith like his spirit got broke because he's never really been defeated by anybody, mm-hmm. especially so quickly of just like boom i could have took you out right there mm-hmm. you know and you to see that look and like you can almost see like how the look in his eyes is almost the exact same way when he like has his eyes set on an enemy like where it's like piercing and this time it was piercing but like of like being broken mm-hmm. like he's so traumatized like that his
0: eyes are wide and you could see the whites all the way around his yeah yeah exactly. color of his eyes and the color of his eyes are small like they are in anime when like someone really can't cope with whatever's going yeah, on Yeah,
1: exactly 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 um so like i i, I that's such a like that episode is good because like how he talked to like the rest of the members of the, of the band of the hawk and how casca is like even casca was like saying like oh even Costco herself was just like oh griffin's gonna win gus is gonna be back we're gonna be together blah 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 blah, blah and everything like mm-hmm. nobody thought gus was gonna win and then seeing that I'm sure it affected the the, the entire the people who were there, too. Like, holy shit.
0: Well, it did, because um, what's the boy's name? I keep thinking like, it's Pippin,
1: but it's not Pippin. It's
0: like Jordy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he put it in Guts' head that he should be with uh, Casca because she can't be with Griffith.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And he's like, it doesn't matter if Griffith doesn't want her. She still gave her heart to him. Yeah. And then when they're at the fight you know, she was screaming over Guts as much as she was Griffith, Mm -hmm. and that kid was like, you don't even realize that you've changed. Like, in his own mind. Mm -hmm. He was saying that like, you don't even realize that you've changed, and you probably don't know when you did either.
1: His name is, uh, yeah, it was like Judeo or something like that. Uh, J-U-D-E-A-U? Judah? Yeah, Judah. Okay, yeah, there's Judah. Yeah, because he was was the um, circus performer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um... So, they were all affected because they not only were Griffith and Guts, their dynamic changing, mm-hmm. but some of the other characters were affected, too, because they really griddle like Guts. And mm-hmm. um, they're really realizing that one of their other leaders, Costco, was also changing, too, because normally whatever affected Griffith was the thing that she cared about.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, then the next uh, episode.
3: Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um so not just that, but then Griffith gets defeated. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And he decides, oh, I'm gonna go fuck the the fucking princess. Mm-hmm. And then like gets all these men like chasing after him because yeah. like you can't do that if you're not gonna if you're not married to
1: her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you've uh you've tainted the uh, the royal blood with your stank.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um i'm trying to remember there was a thought i had while watching this episode um
0: well it's weird because it mm. seems like he is bratty when he does it it doesn't seem like it's calculated oh yeah the way i'm thinking about it now the way Mm. you just said that i'm like oh maybe he did that on purpose because he knew it would like she would get pregnant
1: oh no no he knew like uh, he he wasn't thinking clearly. He was not thinking straight, like at all.
0: Okay, because yeah, that, that's how I was come getting it, and when I was watching, mm, it was okay. that he wasn't thinking clearly, and he was yeah. just reacting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, Griffin's never a person who just reacts. He he always like thinks about it, and it shows that when he's defeated, like
0: he can't he, handle that. He
1: can't handle that. He can And and it, it it's very telling of of his character, like later on, because you can get a you get a sense that. Um, when Griffith is defeated by Guts you can almost kind of tell that like he puts in his head like I I will do whatever I can to now defeat this person mm-hmm. which in turn gives Guts the purpose or the in, in the next episode in the spark it gives him that spark to be like I know what I have to do so like in a way Guts kind of like end up creating his own destiny yeah. by defeating Guts I, I mean, know he,
0: he did but in the next episode mm-hmm. That's where I'm just kind of like, what? (laughs) Like, because you get kind of like, okay, the story is ramping up in the previous three episodes, and you get to episode 20. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I know what I have to do. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you do, because I still don't know what the fuck you think you have to do. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, he's training for, like, a year with Mm. the swordsmith, and, Yeah, because he's trying
1: to, like, find his dream.
0: Yeah. But, I, but the way he talks, he acts like he already knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. But he, his actions aren't showing you that he knows yeah, I get, what it is.
1: Yeah, I'll admit that, like, the story-wise, it gets kind of like. Muddy? Yeah, it's like, wait, what? I thought you had, like, an idea of what you wanted to do, you know, or something like that. And yeah, it kind of, like, does this weird jump where it's just like, all right, so you were so sure of yourself. Now you're not sure of yourself. Like, there's that part where um uh goto uh and uh, Godo, the swordsman has a a granddaughter erica who like helps guts train is that part where she like has like those logs that she like cuts loose and it comes down the Mm -hmm. waterfall and he can't like he can't knock him out he can't he can't do his moves anymore because he's like lost and it's just like dude like previous episode you were like
0: Like, you you can kill like a hundred men but you can't like split a few logs coming down yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it is It is kind of weird of like, what, you know?
0: Um, and not only that, but like, he goes on to fight, after that, he <laughs> goes on to fight some dude who was in the Hundred Year War or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he defeats him, and then it seems like he's like, all right, I'm back on my path. I'm cool. <laughs> I killed one guy. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, that's the, I think he sees his path when, when Godo is like, when Guts is asking about Goto, like, like how did you get to being a swordsmith? And he's like, "Oh, it's in my blood. This is this." And he says, "Like, what draws me to it is like the spark. Something about the spark brings me to it. Whenever he's like uh, hammering the blades and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. And Guts like sees it, like, "Oh, the sparks. The sparks I see like between swords. Swords. That's that's my thing. And that's what. And it's kind of funny because earlier in this in this series, he was already just like, my destiny is just to fight."
0: Yeah, but he was, so that's the thing that I'm like, okay, but you're fighting with the Band of the Hawk. Yeah. You're a fucking commander.
1: Yeah, but he, but that's the thing he, cause he says, he, uh, he says it in the previous episode, I think to, uh, what's that, what's that dude's name? Uh, Corcus. Um, Corcus had, Corcus had said to him like, cause, oh, cause Gus was leaving and Corcus was like, why don't you want to stay? You get this, 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 this. And Gus says like, I'm not about that. I'm just about the fight. I just want to get to my next battle.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I get that, mm. but he should just be happy there because he gets to fight a lot.
1: Yeah, but he that's the thing. He can, he gets to fight a lot, but like it's kind of like the whole Dragon Ball thing with Goku. Goku could be happy on Earth, but he always has to fight that next opponent because that next opponent is stronger than him. Mm-hmm. He wants to get better. He wants to get stronger. And I think that's what Guts try and do to fight that next opponent that could defeat him, that could kill him, that gives him that shot of life to like have him keep going.
0: I think it would be more substantial if, and maybe it'll come up later and it just hasn't yet, Mm -hmm. but maybe the story would be a little more substantial if he's like, okay, I feel like I've been fighting mortal people, Mm -hmm. and I want to go after um, Nosferatu again.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm, But that
0: doesn't come back up.
1: Well, I think this kind of gives a little bit of credence to my theory.
0: No, it does. Hold doesn't. Up.
2: it does. Hold up. Just hear me. Just hear me out.
1: Just hear me out. <laughs> hear. <laughs> Just hear me out. He's determined to keep fighting. He's determined to find that next strong opponent. He wants to keep going. To get stronger. Nosferatu is just like that. He wants the next fight. He wants the next one. He even said it when he was fighting Guts and Griffin. Oh, it's been so long since I found an opponent that's worthy of my time. Blah, 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 blah. That's Guts. I... Look. You say, you say he's stupid. You say he's crazy.
0: I say it doesn't make sense and it you're wrong. It makes complete sense. It okay, sense. let me ask you this. Okay. You don't really know your father. Okay. But. Mm-hmm. You've heard that you walk like him, mm-hmm. that you kind of sound like him, uh-huh. that you have certain personality traits of his.
1: Okay, I think I know where you're going with this. Go and
0: on. remember, last time I mentioned it probably is his father, because it looks like like a oh. leveled up version of Guts. I don't
1: think it's his father. I think it's Guts. I think it's Guts. And I th- and Nosferatu has to have things play out so that he becomes Nosferatu. It's the, it becomes the whole paradox thing. And that's how that's how some animes work. That's how mangas work. This whole paradox thing of just going in circles. That's all it's going to be about life. It's going in circles. Going in circles.
0: No.
2: Going
1: in circles.
0: I disagree. (laughs) Like, wholeheartedly. Now, we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Repo Man.
2: Meet Otto. He's a green-cut kid in a dirty business. He repossesses cars. He's a Repo Man. You gonna give me
3: my car back or do I gotta go to your house
2: and shove your dog's head down the toilet? His mission is to repossess a 64 Chevy, but hidden within its trunk. What you got in the trunk? You don't wanna look in there. Is the most important discovery in the history of our planet. Repo Man. It's a mystery. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly, somebody will say, like, plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue. No explanation.
1: It's a comedy.
2: What are you doing? Don't do that.
1: It's a chase. It's the forces
2: of law. Marlene, I'm on my coffee break. Against the representatives of discontented youth. Against the finest minds in government. I had a lobotomy in the end. Lobotomy? Isn't that for loonies? Not at all. And they're all in pursuit of a 64 Chevy Malibu from who knows where. eyes melt, skin explodes, everybody dead. Repo Man. The story of the ultimate repossession. So
0: this one came out in 1984. And the synopsis of the best movie ever fucking written (laughs) is a young punk recruited by a car repossession agency finds himself in pursuit of a Chevrolet Malibu that is wanted for a $20,000 bounty and has something otherworldly stashed in its trunk. Directed and written by Alex Cox, it stars Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez, Tracy Walter, and Olivia Barash. Yes. This movie, like, totally, like, came out of nowhere mm. and i was totally blindsided by how it's fucking awesome
1: <laughs> yeah so i've never watched this movie i've heard about it it's part of the criterion collection i just i just heard nothing but good things about it so i went into this movie blind as fuck too uh as Kelsey said this is a great fucking movie this movie's so good this movie's so good from the jump the music is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Which is done by Iggy Pop. The music is so good that we we're like, fuck it, that's gonna be intro for this week's uh, episode.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So Kelsey, go ahead. What did you what did you think about this movie?
0: It was weird. hmm But like good weird. Yeah. And I like the movies that I'm like that makes me think of Welcome to Nightvale.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's absolutely. just that kind of
0: weird. Like it's you feel like it's not part of this earth. Yeah. Like you're on a different Earth, mm-hmm. and like these people just act so bizarrely about things, but like kind of cool too. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like, oh man, I wish I knew those people.
1: Yeah, this movie, like, because this movie takes place in Los Angeles, but it might as well have been in a on a different fucking planet or different too. Yeah, or, like a different, dim- too. <laughs> yeah, or a different dimension, because it's like people just like. First of all, let's talk about the labeling for like certain stuff.
0: <laughs> That's one of the best parts about the movie. There,
1: there are parts in this movie where there are, there are props in this movie where it's just like,
0: oh, a you beer. want a beer? Beer, and then it says beer on beer the can. on it.
1: There's like a part where Harry Stanton tells Emil SMS, "Let's go get a drink." Pops down a six pack of drink. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> where he's at his parents' house and they're totally not listening to him, and mm-hmm. they spent all his fucking money.
1: Yeah, on, giving it to, like, uh, uh, an evangelist and shit like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: and he's like, oh, I'm hungry. And he's looking around, and you see a can that says, food.
1: Food. A bag of popcorn that says, popcorn.
0: Or, like, cereal box that says, vitamin-fortified cereal. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's
1: so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, this movie is... So, it's... <sighs> it's a it's a black comedy satire film and it doesn't like it's not like ridiculous like annoyingly parody satire or anything like that it's just a lot of like these subtle jokes and stuff like that that kind of pops up and just like how this repossession uh agency is just so fucking weird and how they're just so like crazy Mm -hmm. um like Harry Dean Stanton gives like this really great dialogue about like how a rebo man uh runs to tension and stuff like that and like all this crazy stuff, and how um speed is is, is speed is like essential yeah for like this job
0: like everyone does it
1: <laughs> yeah and there's that really great part where um I can't remember the cat's name but the guy who who works with uh Emilio Esteves, the black dude. He always, like, carries that gun <laughs> and just waves around quite often, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which is, like, kind of problematic, but...
1: Uh, Light. His name is Light.
0: Yeah. Like, in today's culture, it would be a little problematic, but, mm. like, it still works. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. It, it works for this movie. Um, one thing that this movie is really great for, what I've noticed, is, like, the soundtrack. That soundtrack is so fucking good. Yeah. Um actually love the soundtrack. The, um from what I read, uh, other than Iggy Pop, um the Circle Jerk circle jerks did some of the music on this uh on the soundtrack. And Circle Jerk is like an influential like punk band.
0: Mm-hmm. And this
1: movie's like straight up punk. Like
0: I know, they even had like a mosh pit.
1: Yeah, they get the movie. Yeah, it was like gets into like goes to a punk show and gets into a mosh pit and everything. Sees his best friend like, "Oh, I didn't know you got out." Mm-hmm. Next scene, his scene is like fucking his girlfriend. His best <laughs> friend's fucking his girlfriend. It's just like all all right. I guess that's that's the end of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and I like how they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're still best friends throughout the whole entire thing, but they're just basically like robbing everybody." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "No." <laughs>
1: So, okay, so what did you think of the... uh, Okay, from the top, what do you think of the story? Just like plot story and all that
0: shit. I love the story. It's like simple Mm -hmm. so that you can add all the weirdness into it and it's not too heavy, like Mm -hmm. too much stuff. Yeah. Because all it is is they're going after this car.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that car that car's not even like a... I mean, it becomes a huge factor as the movie, like, plays out. Mm-hmm. But from the beginning of the movie, it's just, like, establishing this, like, crazy world that, uh mean, you know, character, like, gets himself into mm-hmm. with, like, the repossession the violence he has to deal with like at one point he gets like his ass beat by a bunch of guys and shit like mm-hmm. that um and then
0: and then the repo men are like it's our duty and our right to beat up whoever beat you up yeah yeah and he so he six them on his old boss at the his fucking former boss supermarket fucking
1: like what okay <laughs> even even though even though like that dude like all that dude was did was just like you're fired. You know, you don't come here anymore, you know, because you're coming in late. And he's just like, fuck you. It's not like the it's not like the boss like fucked him up or anything like that. He was mm-hmm. just like, no, nah, I'm just sending send this guy to like fuck up this guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, um, what was that? Harry Dean Stanton calls everybody fucking dildos. He keeps calling them dildos.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> um so speaking of Harry Dean Stanton, um, his character uh supposedly oh there you go his character is bud Dennis Hopper was considered to play the role but he was too erratic <laughs> he was too erratic for this movie um and he they seen they found him like the Alex Cost found him like unsuitable for the part mm-hmm. it's like d I if Dennis Hopper played bud holy be extra fucking wild
0: yeah i think it's actually good that it wasn't extra fucking wild because the whole story was wild and you don't mm-hmm. want one character taking over yeah 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 um the guy driving the car was super fucking wild though
1: the the lobotomized driver yeah 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 well um speaking of like harry Dean Sen, um apparently he was like a pain in the ass to work with really yeah yeah like there was a lot of issues um MC, see. For the first couple of days, Harry uh, Harry Stan refused to learn his lines. Uh, he said that Warren Oates uh, read his dialogue in uh, two lane to- blacktop off a note card stuck to the dashboard, so he could uh, should be able to do the same. Uh, Alex Cost overcame his obstacle by informing him that refusing to learn his lines was a breach of his sad contract, uh, which may or not be true. Stan mem- memorized everything perfectly after that. So yeah, apparently, like Harry Stan was like. And they say he was, like, moody as fuck, constantly grumbling about, like, the money that Alex uh, Cox had, like, offered him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Alex Cox actually considered writing him out of the movie mm. entirely. Um, but that ended up not... Uh, that ended up happening at all, obviously, because like, he's not accusing the movie. So, um, But, like, I think sometimes, like, when you watch certain movies, or sometimes when there's, like, turmoil or, like, a bit of, like, back and forth behind the scenes... Sometimes that like brings out like great performances or great direction in the movie. it yeah. doesn't work all the time, but I think I think it really helped like elevate the story.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, I just saw the trivia about the production about the um, the aliens, uh-huh. the picture of the aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to read that? <laughs> yeah, this is the photo of the aliens that Layla shows to Otto, which is thought to be uh, thought by some to be of sausages actually depicts condoms filled with water and dressed by J. Ray Fox and Linda Burbank in grass skirts. <laughs> I thought that looked weird. To yeah, me, yeah. I almost kinda thought they were like sea cucumbers. Yeah,
1: yeah. The the funny thing is like I read this before um before seeing the movie. And when I watched, it, I was like, oh, "I could totally see the condoms," but I, I can totally see why it would just be like, "Wait, what the
0: fuck is that?" Yeah. It's totally weird. Because they don't actually focus on it; like they show it quick, and they like they're moving the picture, mm-hmm. or like they're cutting away.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you don't really see it that well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, anything else you want to add with the?
0: <laughs> they so they don't really explain anything um, with the alien in the trunk.
1: No, they they actually they never even show they never even show what's in the trunk. It's just like so, this bright and I, and I
0: know that they say that it's an alien in the trunk.
1: Oh, it's, it's an alien. I, I, I must have missed that because I kept thinking like maybe it's like some type no, of... No,
0: because his girl, the girl that he was seeing or whatever, she was saying that there's an alien that they have to get. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and so like, they... But I think that they, the way they did it to me it was like yeah they're saying it's an alien but because they don't show it there's a more mystery around it yeah yeah and yeah. because the car is kind of evolving it's almost like the car is turning into an like an entity of its own mm-hmm. and it's not just an alien in the trunk
1: yeah I, I felt that I, I definitely felt that as well with this movie um, because of the car at like the, the end. Yeah, like the car was like becoming like a, a, a character. Like, like a, it was
0: choosing who could drive it and who yeah. couldn't and like then it just fucking takes off and it was like bye.
1: Yeah, just like all right, they're gone. Flying away. <laughs> fuck it, why not? Like that's a hell of a way to end the movie.
0: The way they painted the car makes me think of certain uh Disney rides like remember there's like a, there was like a oh, disney ride okay. where you get in and you're like going through like a haunted house or something
1: yeah they do that in haunted mansion and i think they do that with like alice in wonderland
0: i think it was the haunted mansion one
1: yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about yeah. or maybe i'm thinking about the roger rabbit ride
0: I no it, it was the haunted mansion one okay yeah because they have things that are like Glow in the dark, but you could tell it's painted with like a paintbrush. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, speaking of the speaking of painted, uh, so apparently no special effects. Now this is stuff we're getting from IMDb, so you know, take it as you will. Uh, no special effects were used to make the Chevy Malibu glow while parked at the repossession lot. Instead, the car was completely coated with look um, was that three
0: M f- reflective paint. Pa-
1: yeah, at a at approximate price of six hundred dollars per
0: bucket. I wonder how many buckets they used.
1: Oof. They probably use a lot.
0: <laughs> I would imagine maybe three of them would be enough. Three or four of them would be enough to cover the whole. Yeah, yeah, you, you
1: gotta get like a thick coat on that. Yeah. So for that, that's what it's eighteen eighteen hundred dollars, and that's a lot, fucking. No, that's
0: twenty. That's two. Uh,
1: Six
0: hundred dollars for. Oh it.
1: wait, 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 it's twenty four hundred dollars. Nice 20 yeah, my bad. The mathematician here fucked up. Again. Well,
0: because you know you're not using that muscle now.
1: Oh god, I need to get work on that muscle again. Rewatch <laughs> those old videos. we those math videos from my, my previous teacher. Yeah.
0: Um
1: so yeah, cause this movie it takes it takes ser- like like it's kinda weird because like when you watch it at the beginning, it seems like it's messy, like story wise, because there's so much going on. There's like the repo there's this repo group, there's the stuff with uh What's her name? Layla. Uh, and like the alien. There's this guy with the bottomized car. There's another like uh, uh, rivalry, like repo repo group. There are these like punk kids that are like robbing people. And it seems like really like crazy and jumbled up and all over the place.
0: But it all comes together towards the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really all comes together at the end. And it doesn't like seem like force or anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, of course. Because in all this chaos... Um there is some level of order mm-hmm. that will come out of like all this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um anything of the anything of the performance you wanna mention? Anything that sticks out with you?
0: Little bottom eyes man was interesting. Like <laughs> yeah. super fucking interesting. Oh, he
1: was just saying just the weirdest shit. Yeah,
0: he was. Mm. Um I think his teeth really helped oh, sell yeah. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um I think it's funny, like Emilio Estevez wasn't like a great actor or something, but I feel like his level of like deadpan kind of helped mm-hmm. the story because he oh, yeah. he was just kind of like non-reactive to a lot of things, mm-hmm. ex- unless someone was shooting at him or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so he seemed like he was kind of stuck in whatever, whatever fate brought his way. He was gonna do. He didn't really care.
1: Yeah, like you can tell. there's, like esfes which is his character, Auto, uh, was just this guy who was just like. I'm just rolling with this shit. I'm just enjoying the chaos and all of this.
0: Yeah. Um, what else? Um, the guy who couldn't drive.
1: Oh, the uh the mechanic. Yeah. Uh Miller, played by Tracy Walter.
0: So he said a lot of weird shit too. And then it's mm-hmm. funny because he's like he can't drive and he was saying, you know, he had all kinds of different quotes to say, but like
1: a lot of stuff about, like, aliens and stuff like that. Yeah. And why, you know, don't do this because government's doing this, 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 and stuff yeah, like so that. Yeah, so
0: he's, like, a conspiracy theorist or whatever. Mm. But at the end, he's the one who who's driving the car. And mm. and um and, uh, Otto's like, but you can't drive. And he's like, just get in the car. It's like the car was calling to him. Yeah. It was meant to be. And um I don't know. I liked his character because he was kind of innocent. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, I don't know, like everyone else was really wild and he was just kind of like not very smart. But like you kind of feel like maybe he was smarter than he was coming across.
1: I kind of think that maybe he was an alien because he was just that weird. And then the fact that, you know, like as you said, when the car was like full on like crazy mode, like glowing and stuff like that, people tried to get in the car. They try to, like, touch the car and everything, and they couldn't. There was, like, people in, like... And
0: ha- it was, like, I- making them sick.
1: Yeah, and there, I think there was, like, one dude in the hazmat suit that, like, caught on fire. Oh, and stuff yeah. like that. But, like, when Wood Miller gets to the car, he just, like, walks up, gets in the car, he just, like, sits there, and his and tells Otto, like, come inside. And then, like, Otto, like, gets in the car easily. I'm not saying Otto is an alien as well, but maybe Miller has some type of control over the car after all to, like, allow Otto to get in, the, to get in it. Yeah. Um... What did uh so what, anything with the directing that stuck out with you?
0: Um No well, just the fact that they made it cohesive at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. So it even though it wasn't too jumbled, yeah. even though the storylines weren't really connected in the beginning, it didn't feel too jumbled to me. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like you'd have to be a good director to make it work.
1: If I let me see if I can understand this. Or let me not understand a bit. um this was Alex. Wow. This was Alex Cox's first movie. His very first movie. What
0: else did he do? Maybe I want to know.
1: <laughs> um he did Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy uh is a really great uh punk movie. You can see he kind of started say in the punk world. Um he did sit in na sit Sid and Nancy and a lot of what the fuck is any of this shit movies
0: but maybe they're good
1: maybe they are I don't know like oh wow he did this movie called Straight to Hell a shorter less violent musical version of Straight to Hell Returns okay (laughs) okay, (laughs) sure why not
0: I really like this movie
1: I did did too I did not expect to like this movie so much I,
0: I feel like it's almost like an allegory for my life
1: just, like, hecticness and crazy and shit like, like
0: I feel like things happen to me. Uh-huh. And, like, like you know, like, in the beginning, he's, like, unhappy with his life, but he's just dealing with shit. And then he's like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like shit. He's kind of almost, like, at rock bottom, right? Because he's, like, sitting on the train tracks drinking beer. Yeah,
1: drinking beer that says beer. <laughs> and then,
0: yeah. And then someone was like, hey, uh, help me move this car. Mm-hmm. And then that's when everything kind of took off. And I feel like, you know, like you're you're uh harry dean Sin.
1: i okay. have had matthews in my past yes that's correct
0: <laughs> not just that but like you're just like hey help me move this car I know. hey
1: get in <laughs> let's go yeah i'm not
0: gonna explain anything to you but we're just gonna do this right yeah, now.
1: yeah we're gonna do this right now and then later we're like we're just gonna start just doing scene shit
0: <laughs> like why not yeah whatever
1: <laughs> um So, apparently there was an alternate ending. Uh, Otto, uh, one of the alternate endings, but it was never filmed. Uh, Otto was to join a group of South American revolutionaries. A small small element of this ending can be viewed in the scene in which Marlene is at the Rodriguez Brothers' home where an arsenal of weapons is stashed. I remember that scene. It, like, happens for, like, maybe, like, four minutes or something like that, Mm -hmm. where you see, like, an arsenal of weapons and shit. Um, There was another alternate ending where the entire city would have just been annihilated by a nuclear explosion.
0: I don't like that ending.
1: I don't either, but that's totally like I can totally picture that happening in this type of movie. Like, "Eh, shit just blows up. Fuck it. (laughs) Just do it.
0: Because Trump is president probably and like, hey, let's just blow it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this movie, it's it's weird because like the way how it's filmed, like it it, it seems like, like I said, it seems like it's filmed like Earth 2 or Different Dimension or something like that. But it almost feels like it's, it's filmed at a point where, like, society is, like, on the verge of, like, collapsing.
0: Yeah, like, it's almost, like, pre-apocalyptic.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like I said, there's so much stuff going on. There's an alien conspiracy, Repo Man, rival gangs, and stuff like that. Like, it's like, it's it's perfect for the topic. It's a series of, like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's so fucking wild. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just makes sense. And you can actually, like, really study the fuck out of this film and be like, well, what was it trying to say? Yeah. Um so do you want to hear about the sequels to this movie
0: yes
1: okay so there was a there there's a sequel there was a planned sequel uh for this movie uh but it never got off the ground okay so according to a documentary called a texas tale of treason cox wrote a sequel to repo man which though film started filming started it was never finished illustrator chris bones saw the script on cox's website and asked and receive permission to adapt the script into a graphic novel. Um the book is called Waldo's Hawaiian Holiday. Now, I've kind of I've like read up on this. What happens in this book is that Waldo is Otto. Otto gets taken to Mars and he comes back to Earth and he's working at like a phone service or some shit like he's still like the punk kid and well it's like 10 years later he still has an amount of shit
0: sorry I, yeah I just had an idea what's up? this movie makes me think of Rocco's modern life
1: oh I can totally see that yeah I can right? totally see that um so he works for like a telephone service or whatever uh like a telemarketer service I believe and he gets um he gets this thing where hey actually let me let me see if I can find out on uh where I found it before uh let me see Waldo's
0: but yeah Marco's Modern Life. I I feel like if people haven't watched that already, they should watch that. (laughs) And not the movie. Like
1: Oh, the static whatever it's called?
0: Yeah. Like actually watch the show. Because it's kinda wild like this movie is. (laughs) Damn, I can't find it now. (laughs) The fucking frog people and shit. (laughs) Um, Maybe they maybe they used to live in Frogtown and then they they left. For, oh, for Rocco's
1: Modern World. Oh, uh, Rocco's oh for his world.
0: Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh,
1: I can't fucking find the book now. I saw, I found it somewhere because I was trying to like read what happened in this book. It's just so fucking crazy.
0: Mm. Uh, Seems like you should have put it in the docket.
1: I know. I didn't think I was gonna. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, what's it called? It's called Waldo's Ow. Hawaiian Holiday. Okay.
0: Yeah. So. I don't know what else to
1: say. Okay, 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 okay. I found I found it, found out. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. So this is what the sequel is. Okay. Um, uh. You, oh wait. I just. Okay, okay. So based on the graphic novel. Okay. So. Um. If you, if you don't want to be spoiled, you're going to be spoiled because I, this actually tells you what happens in the book, right? Okay. So what happens is that. Uh, let me see. Is it okay. So Otto, whose now name is Waldo. Uh, who now believes his name is Waldo, finds himself in the late 90s American city that looks like a uh, composite of a dozen stereotypical war zones the last 13 years of his life gone from memory. His dreams hit at a recent stay on Mars, but he's too busy trying to eke out a living in a city that doesn't bathe to pay them such attention. Between jumping from one dead-end job to another and jumping in and out in bed and uh, scrupulous hottie Velma, readers get hints of of uh, an overarching overarching conspiracy and alien Muppet masters. Hence, but not much more. By the book's end, just as many questions are left unanswered as answered. So, what I read about what happens is that, like, he gets a uh, uh, Waldo or Otto gets, like, uh, an offer to go on a Hawaiian trip, and he tries to get this Hawaiian trip. Um, but like a series of things keep stopping him and come to find out there isn't a Hawaiian trip. He's like stuck in a Mars prison or some shit like that. Oh shit. And it just ends like that. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Like like they were like mind controlling him. Yeah, or something? they were just like
1: fucking with him. Um which I think is I I think it's perfect for what this movie is all about. I think it fits it fits well. Yeah. So there's there was another there's another sequel that was shot. It's called Rebo Chick. Oh, okay. Uh, on December 3rd, 2008, a sequel was reported to be going into development with, uh, with a working title, Rebochick. The story would be set in 2008 and the resulting boom in repossession that extends far beyond cars and homes. So, in February 2009, Cox announced on his blog that he was shooting and had finished the film was in post-production. The, bu- the bulk of the film was shot in front of a green screen with backgrounds filmed and composites in uh during post-production universal sent cox a cease and desist letter because he didn't have the rights to it at all but he, he ignored it he was like fuck it um and the reason why he said fuck it is, is because none of the characters are none of the original characters are in the movie like uh. their names are nothing in it yeah uh the film premiered at uh sundance oh i'm sorry no it, it premiered at the venice film festival and it was released in the uk and america in 2011
0: and no one's heard of it.
1: <laughs> I saw a picture of it. It doesn't look good. No. It doesn't look good at all. I wouldn't watch it because... You I don't, don't
0: want it to ruin your uh, opinion of the first one?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so all that being wild and crazy shit like that, I gotta ask you, does this movie hold up? Fuck yes. <laughs> I think it holds up too. It's just... It's just it's just really something you have to watch. it's really fucking entertaining to watch because it's just like if you like stories that it just kind of just goes all over the place but like makes a point at the, or actually comes together at the end and especially like the style this I mean this is a dude's first film it's actually really good for somebody's first film mm-hmm. especially if it's like like uh, indie level like low budget mm-hmm. It actually works very well and like I said that soundtrack's fucking awesome yeah these a great soundtrack um. Take this in. Is there anything else? Nope. Alright.
0: I'm going to melt in the next five minutes. Yes,
1: it melts away. Like the radiation. Like you just pop open a trunk. Radiation. (laughs) Speaking of that, real quick, before we end it. The light out of the trunk, the mystery light and all that stuff, kind of reminds me of Pulp Fiction, don't you think? Like when they pop open that briefcase?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, alright. That's just my thing. Um, So that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, we especially like to thank the folks over over at yourentertainmentcorner.com uh, for hosting this on their website. Uh, our lovely co-host Kelsey Loizel uh, is a writer there. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com. Um, you can also find this podcast on all podcast catchers. I'm not going to name them all because you know you're probably using one right now. But we're everywhere. We're under your bed, we're in your closet, we're in your bathroom, clean your toilet. <laughs> Um,
0: we're on your roof
1: <laughs> we're on your roof drinking Yeah, beer. yeah exactly we're drinking beer that says beer <laughs> <laughs> um, so next week's episode is going to be it's going to be different um, our lovely co-host Kelsey Loiselle is not going to be here for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. she's uh, going up to see some family and uh, I got a couple of guests lined up uh, to help along with uh, in uh, Kelsey's in Kelsey's absence Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. he's
0: replacing me. He didn't even ask. Ask you what? You're going to be gone. I know. We didn't even talk about it. You're just like, I'm doing this.
1: Uh, Well, I would gladly hear your opinion and take in all your suggestions if you would be here. But no, you got to be selfish. you got to go see family. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: yeah, he's replacing me. Oh, stop it,
1: girl. Shit. I am going to miss you, though. So you need to stop it. I'm going to miss you. (laughs) You are? Yeah. Don't make me not miss you.
0: I've told you a thousand dad jokes by now, and that hasn't worked on, like, pushing you away, so.
1: Nope, maybe nope. <laughs> <got> us closer. <laughs> uh, so next week's episode, uh, we, or myself and special guest, um, we're going to be doing a recent review of Summer of Soul, the documentary uh, directed by Questlove. Um, that is streaming on Hulu, so you're going to want to check that out. It's actually streaming on Hulu uh, this Friday July the 2nd. Uh, with that, our geriatric cinematic will be 1970s Give Me Shelter, uh, the Rolling Stones documentary. Uh, we've never done a documentary. Well, we kind of, what was it, the Joe Exotic kind of documentary?
0: No, we talked about that in one of our Variety Time segments. We yeah. didn't actually like review
1: it. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, this is going to be our first documentary episode, and Kelsey's not here. Just poor planning. <laughs> Poor planet, Kelsey.
0: No, you did it on purpose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it could have done Tomorrow War, but I don't give a fuck about that movie. No. Um, so, yeah. So, Gimme Shelter, the 1970s documentary, uh, is currently streaming on HBO Max, uh, the Criterion channel, available to rent on Prime Video and other VOD services. Uh, the topic, I don't have a topic. Uh, I was going to one up right now. Summer of love or summer of hate? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's gonna be it for a show
0: how about give me soul
1: give me soul. give me soul. no that'll probably be the title give me soul <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's gonna be it for a show um you know wash your damn hands t- watch your damn hands take the vaccine take the fucking vaccine the fucking delta variants come in
0: no instead of give me soul should <laughs> be give me fuel give me fire give Stop. me that what I desire Ooh, that one <laughs>
1: Can you leave any sooner?